okay? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we about to get it just a little hot and sweaty in this hoop. Baby. Ladies, let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. I'm going to put out a little mini-sode later this week because Friday marks the third year of the Be There in Five podcast. I want to talk about uh, the anniversary separately in a mini-sode just for people that have been here a while because this episode is not about that. Uh, But it means a lot to me to still be standing. And uh, if you're new here, this is a single-hosted, long-form podcast. Uh, But beyond that, Be There in Five, the name, it started as my namesake company that kind of put me on the map in the first place I don't know, six years ago, uh, that was when I invented the remind doormat, a reminder doormat. And then I kind of pivoted Be There and Five the Name into more of a commentary role as I wrote a book about social media, as I started this podcast. And now here we are, hundreds of episodes later, weeks if not months of me talking. And uh, depending on the day, I kind of will describe this podcast differently. At its core, the name is really about me being a time optimist, always running a little behind, texting my friends, be there in five, for what I think are the right reasons, because I'm genuinely curious, and I'm always deep diving everything I see, and I just can't skim, and I just can't do things quickly, and it makes me run a little behind sometimes. And a few years ago, you know, I've my whole life I've been a big consumer of TV, music, movies, celebrity gossip, in this era now influencers, all these things. And I had a corporate background in market research and analytics, and um, I wanted to create a space where I could, you know, just alone speak about pop culture and the millennial zeitgeist and nostalgia and all of these topics in a way that's analytic and thorough, but also in a way that's that's thoughtful and comedic. And uh, a lot of this podcast is about embracing multitudes, is about sharing that a lot of things are gray and don't have definitive answers. I like to provide both sides of the story in exhausting detail. Um, I really think that we operate in a media space where extremism and hyperbole and hot takes thrive. And I am just here to be a warm airport Dasani of an opinion and just allow you to sit with me for two hours while I muse through a random topic or a series of topics in a way that I hope at the very least entertains you, sometimes makes you think, sometimes makes you transport back to a more certain time amidst the unprecedented times we live in. Uh, But above all else, the message I always want to get across with the Be There in Five of It All is that this podcast is for people on their way. Whether you're running behind or you're metaphorically en route to your destination or your goals with an unknown timeline, uh, I am a normal person that did not have an entertainment or hosting-centric career that kind of took a chance on this podcast this podcast has become my career. I am so incredibly lucky and dumbfounded that I get to do this every week. And I try to be transparent about my own career and shortcomings and anxieties about where the hell it is I'm going because I don't really know. Uh, But I hope that each week we can come here and kind of find a reprieve, take a break, uh, you know, from all of the metaphorical people and things asking us like where we are what's our status where are we going and just simply exist in the now for we are on our way and that's all we know and sometimes that has to be good enough you know and I guess my goal if I was going to put it in pop culture terms would be to you know always speak to you with like the mental pace of a lore like Gilmore or Midge Maisel you know same writer the earnest intensity and effort of like a Leslie Nope. And the feminist cynicism of a Liz Lemon. 
I'd like to say I have the alliteration flowing locks, interest in wine, tendency to say y'all, and understanding demeanor as like a Tammy Taylor, but I haven't watched Friday Night Lights in a while, so I don't know if that applies here. Anyway, welcome. I'm happy you're here. If you've been here for three years or three minutes, I am grateful either way, and I hope you'll stick around. Today's episode is <laughs> is delightful. Uh, it's a topic that I am very passionate about, and that is surrounding, you know, early, mid-aughts, hot girl culture. You know, there was a time when I was a little less concerned with getting straight A's and a little more concerned with getting A-pocket jeans. I like to embrace multitudes. I like range. And for many years, the home on this range for me was living in a state of shallow that is kind of unimaginable to my more introspective adult self. And one thing that's really interesting to me is you know, I'm always trying to tell people pop culture matters. I hate when women's interests are trivialized. Uh, I hate when people deny the importance or influence of something just because it's popular. If anything, that's popularity is what gets to determine what ultimately moves the needle. Uh, and I just think that pop culture matters and the way it infiltrates our lives and behavior, especially at more impressionable ages is worth talking about. And I think a lot of the humor I find in this is in retrospect, looking back at the way I acted, the things I cared about, and kind of tying it back to what was influencing me at the time. And when I, when Kelly and I read these stories, I forget if I said what this week's episode is about. We're, we're revisiting hot girl culture of the mid-aughts, of course. We're uh, dissecting uh, cringy, embarrassing and uh, regrettable things we've done to make people jealous. This was a prompt I crowdsourced on Saturday. I'll kind of explain the the origin of it. But I love talking about the era when I didn't know who I was. So therefore, I just made myself into whoever seemed hot and desirable to dudes. Whether it was a celebrity in a magazine or, you know, the mega hottie in an older pledge class. Usually with the you know assistance of alcohol, Maybelline Great Lash Mascara, wet wild bronzer, perhaps an earth faced Denali. In an absence of self-respect, I can only compare to that of my absence at sorority chapter meetings, which, uh, according to my finds, was um, you know substantially un un unpresent. Uh, we were living la vida for loco, if you will. <laughs> Also, I, I kind of wonder sometimes if the like older generations that had Coca-Cola when it had cocaine romanticize that like we romanticize when Four Loco had caffeine. Like that stuff was crazy. This was that 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 was a problem. I mean, every parent's dream is that you go off to college and drink a malt beverage until your personality fundamentally changes and you make questionable life decisions. But like I I I yeah I I didn't have I maybe had four loco once or twice and like learned my lesson pretty quickly. I think I've told you guys before I'm such an intense person that like has a penchant for impromptu heart to hearts that I had to kind of stop drinking hard liquor at a point. Not that like I actually don't even besides tequila I don't love most spirits anyway. Um, it just didn't make me feel good. But also I would just say weird shit to people, and then my next day anxiety was I don't know enough of it you know, internal funhouse mirror as it is. I didn't need to add more sources of angst to the exhibit of self-reflection I never bought a ticket to then can't get out of, to put it lightly. But per uh, what I was saying earlier, I think the culture, like pop cultural connection here is really, really interesting. And I talked a little bit about this last week when I, in the intro when I was discussing 
uh, body image and that like we for many millennials, millennials, Gen Xers, like we grew up having our transformative years in an era where your core currency as a young woman was being hot. It was not being interesting. It was not being different. It was not uh, leading with your strengths, gifts, or personality. No, it was leading with your whale tail, your lace trim tank, your rocket dug shoes. You know, if Vera Bradley, if you're lucky, if you're, you know, got that F.U. Dooney and Burke money, great. Many of us were lucky enough to graduate to a coach wristlet because we couldn't bother to be carried, carrying anything in our hands besides a solo cup when we went out and are going out tops without a coat uh, because, again, can't carry stuff in our hands. I think back on this era in terms of the currency being hot, and I think about who dictates hot, and I think about the culture we lived in, and this is where pop culture comes full circle, because honestly, all of the all of those fashions, all of that style uh, was driven by the women that were front and center of pop culture, of, you know, whether early on it was the Britney, Christina, Jessica, Simpsons, Mandy, Moore's, uh, or in my case, the lesser celebrated Disney heroes like Stacey Orico, More to Life fame, Myra, uh, Samantha Moomba and the like. Um, but also, as you, we got further along in the twenty in the in the 2000s, the OC, Laguna Beach, uh, like mean girls culture, early 2000s tabloid culture with Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie and Lindsay Lohan and... The Olsen twins, the uh, introduction of Kim Kardashian, Hilary Duff, obviously Britney Spears was still out and about in this era. A lot of like Misha Barton. There were all these like male side characters like Brandon Davis and Frankie Delgado uh, and everyone dated like Chris Angel or Wilmer Valderrama. I mean, for the love of God, our Angie and Brad was Tara Reid and Carson Daly. I I really feel like this era was an interesting catch-22 of the women influencing the culture and the culture being so incredibly harsh and unforgiving to the women that that's probably why they behaved. And when you go back and look at um, headlines and coverage, everything was about how much women were partying, fighting, or how much they weighed. And the women we worshipped in this era were waif-thin, long-torsoed, bleary-eyed, and their stock went up the more they did things like party or participate in at-risk behavior or this was the era when sex tapes started um when their outfits were revealing this is the heyday of low-rise jeans like you could not wear trendy clothes if you do not have a flat stomach i talked about this a little on instagram last night i've been hearing more people discuss this on tiktok and whatnot uh, there's a lot of generational shaming going on. If you're, you know, a millennial Gen Z, I guess we'll make fun of you for having a side part or for wearing skinny jeans. I'd argue it's far less cool to care what younger people think about you. Uh, but that's just me. I feel like the the perk of being in your 30s is like prioritizing comfort, uh, fit, and what you like over what other people like, right? And I would encourage other people to do the same. I mean, they can make fun of us all they want. Generations always make fun of each other. There's always intergenerational rivalries, just as we ridiculed them for eating Tide Pods, for example, which I hope they don't forget while they ridicule my side part. The thing is, my head parts the way it parts. If you flip your head upside down and shake it, I think that's where your part goes. And I think it's important that, you know, we acknowledge that, yes, some trends are marked by age groups and they are funny and or not understandable to other age groups. 
But beyond that, when it comes to things like clothes, you have to remind yourself what a clothing trends are a function of how they fit on you or your usage of trends, right? And when fashion changes or modernizes in a certain way, and especially in alignment with trends that are completely size exclusive, uh, I think it makes sense that a lot of people would rebel and not want to readapt to an era where the people influencing fashion and culture were an unattainably thin and unhealthy size, but they still influence the trends. So I, my formative years, I was constantly trying to modify my body to fit the trends and clothes weren't being made to fit real women's bodies. And in the past decade or so, I think we've made huge strides in mid-rise and high-rise jeans alone, just in terms of clothes being made to fit women, not women having to fit themselves into clothes. And when people talk about low-rise denim coming back, I agree that it's kind of triggering. I, I think back to all the years I spent crying in dressing rooms. Uh, jean shopping is hard enough, but you take away the pockets, add some flares, and, you know, at a certain level below the hips, call me Ishmael, it is full whale tail. And I, you know, I just, I don't miss the days of tugging on my many-layered camis or a lace-trimmed tunic. I don't miss the days of being fearful anytime I had to bend over or squat down. I don't miss the days of my bell bottoms uh, dragging over my Birkenstock clogs because really long jeans, like longer than the floor, were popular for a time. I don't miss the days of having to lament the way my body is shaped, not because I've ever been marginalized for my size. Rather, I don't, like, I literally don't have a, my hips and ribs are very close to each other. It is not anatomically possible for me to have a stomach that is anywhere near like the women I was seeing. And for a long time when that was equated with your level of hotness it was upsetting to me and even though it's a shallow thing like i just think it's interesting that we're kind of heading in a direction where 2000s trends are coming back and people aren't really thinking about um the type of people that were influencing fashion uh the way their bodies looked and the way it was harmful to many women who were constantly exposed to this sort of tabloid culture that was hyper-focused on women's looks and weight. Uh, and beyond that, kind of the unfairness to the, you know, stars themselves and how uh, it was somehow normalized, made acceptable to make the way a woman's body was shaped if she lost or gained weight, uh, you know, if baby if baby weight, stuff like that, especially that I just can't even believe people ever commented on, like, the the way I the that age I learned that women are interesting if there's something notable about their weight or looks if they look hot if they wear revealing clothing if they party till they're bleary eyed and or if they have a juicy tracksuit Chanel sunglasses a T-Mobile sidekick and if you're you know have that f you uh, Daisy the multi poo money you roll with a Louis Vuitton. Murakami Rainbow Carrier, a la Jessica Simpson and Newlyweds. Uh, <laughs> I I just remember this time vividly, and I think a lot about the cultural implications and the generational implications, and I think there's a really interesting intersection of the conversation happening again with Gen Z and trend shaming. And as the more sensitive generation, I do hope they come to the realization that I don't think it's worth it to go after uh, people for how they dress, and I don't think it's fair to say that 
trends have to be absolute and adapted by everybody to be cool or modern when not all trends are favorable to all body types. I want to say in the era of acceptance and inclusivity, of diversity being prioritized, of our currency being more in what makes us different and unique and not in what makes us utter carbon copy birds of a culturally appropriated Coachella feather. I know I'm speaking in generalities and it's not like we're anywhere close to where we need to be with wide acceptance, diversity, and representation. But I do think this sentiment has skewed in favor of the people, the person, in terms of, I guess I can only speak for myself, I really did feel a lot of pressure to look a certain way back then that the way that I looked was fair game for, you know, a topic of discussion for other people. It was uh, my fault or my issue if I didn't look a certain way and that was a justifiable reason for a boy not to like me or a girl to make fun of me. Like, I saw all of this so differently back then, and I do think it was largely influenced by media and pop culture. And now I feel like we're at the very least in an era where, you know, instead of the media influencing or requiring certain things of us, we're holding the media accountable for pushing those types of beauty standards onto people for um, being discriminatory or derogatory in the way they speak about women or marginalized groups. We are you know by and large a lot less comfortable with people giving ridiculous health wellness and diet advice that are unqualified that are promoting impossible or problematic you know beauty and body standards i feel like even though there's a lot of these issues still in existence they're not thriving in the way they once were and i want to stay there that being said if you listen to my first tiktok deep dive called we need to talk uh i made a lot of commentary about their clothes i believe I referred to them as not exactly being the cream of the crop top, but hey, I do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> that being said, I'm getting too wide lens here, thinking about the broader implications of this all, because I actually don't even want to be, you know, insightful or introspective or informational in this episode. God, no. I don't want to be any uh, deeper than, a, you know, the deep V on a halter tunic, ideally, that gathers with some sort of beaded medallion, similar to a sky top, but a little bit more... Uh, cachet than Koto de Casa, you know? If I'm out of the loop with, you know, younger fashion trends, so be it. That's where I belong. Out of the loop is where my waist belt started and where my mind will ultimately end up as it relates to fashion, because people don't know what we've been through as millennials. And I think when I reflect on my hot girl days, when I reflect on my days of trying to make people jealous, I am both comforted by... Uh, my earnestness in that pursuit and deeply troubled by its root causes. But some days I don't really need to be digging for roots. Some days we can just take the low-hanging fruit and make the joke. And today is one of those days because we're on tough times. So I'm excited to go over these stories with uh, my sister Kelly. We, uh, we were cracking up. You guys submitted uh, emails to me with the subject line, don't ya? Because I just feel like we went into the mid-aughts thinking we were pussycat dolls when I was trying to shine like a bright light despite being actually quite pussycat dull. I, I honestly, like I think I've said before on the record many times that the first time I remember feeling legitimately self-conscious about my body persona ability to dance and walk sexily was watching the Pussycat Dolls Buttons video. In Nicole's case, sharing is not caring. <laughs> that did not work. <laughs> sharing is not caring. Good Lord. The, they were so hot, so smooth. They had those hoodies with the with the words on it and the old-timey 
what do you call that font? It's like the Taylor Swift Reputation font, but I also know it's embarrassing for me to suggest that she invented something that's pretty common in 2016. Honestly, Taylor Swift invented words, if you ask me, but whatever. Um, I just feel like the Pussycat Dolls are so representative of what people wanted out of that era and that I only knew one of their names. The rest of the girl didn't know who they were. No clue. But all I wanted was to be one of them, despite knowing nothing about them, because they had what I wanted, which was to be slick, to dance well, to like know what to do with your limbs, to have abs, and to just generally have like a ferocity and sexiness to you that made you um, mysterious in a sense, but also made people need to know nothing about you because your hotness spoke for itself. You know what I mean? I just feel like when it comes to buttons, so there, you know, this world is full of Nicole Scherzinger's and this world is full of corduroy. Uh, the bear who lost his button in the department store. And I do fall into the latter. I am forever looking for my buttons moment that I, I don't know if I'll ever find. I don't know if I'll ever get there. I regret not being a dancer because I think dancers have a control over their body, their posture and limbs in a confident way that, you know, your average volleyball player like myself doesn't. I just never really learned how to like carry myself confidently. And I, and I always was so ashamed and slumpy about my height and uh, you know, you throw in the purity culture of it all. And I just did never learned how to be a legitimately sexy person because what is a sexy person? A confident one. And I just didn't get there until my late 20s, 30s. Not to say I'm sex on a stick now, but I just like don't care in the way I once did. And that probably just makes your overall demeanor and energy more appealing. Um, and I listen to you, your stories, I think back on mine, and my God, it was so tough, so desperate, so cringy. It was a lot of fake it till you make it, but by that I mean like, you know, going to the tanning bed to get a fake tan, essentially. I guess it's a real tan, but with a fake methodology. They're always so aggressive about needing to buy a packet. They're always so aggressive about lotion. It always smells like chocolate. I did have a Playboy bunny on my lower left side because, like, and like that's what so the fact that I, Catherine M. Kennedy, ever felt like that aligned with my being when it is just so the opposite of everything I believe in: tanning beds, Playboy bunny culture, visible tan lines, low-rise hip-exposing jeans. It just goes to show you how, even though you know my away message said the most exciting, challenging, and significant relationship is of all is the one you have with yourself, quote Carrie Bradshaw from a show I had not seen at the time, Sex and the City, but that everybody else was quoting because I wasn't, like, I didn't have, like, you know, subscribed to HBO money till pretty deep in my 20s, but uh, I, I did not actually believe that. I, that relationship was significant with myself. I didn't have a sense of self. Based on my away message behavior, nor did I have a sense of stealth because if, I mean, I would sign online, run away, minimize the window, and like look out of the corner of my eye for it to blink, hoping it was my crush. Uh, in one of the early episodes, I forget what it's called, maybe uh, the one about O-Town, I played the aim sounds just to like trigger people because the signing on IMing is like a thrill, like stepping on a Mario star. The cause for celebration. It would, it would affect my mindset to the point where you know let's say at this point in time i was probably pretending to love dave matthews i actually kind of like dave matthews now if i'm honest but back then you know you had to pretend to like jam bands if your friends were stoner you had tapestries on their wall uh but your average frat dude you know you could get to him with a you know appreciation of uh dave matthews and oar for example maybe impress them if you like drops like an obscure like uh opener or tour partner like a john butler trio 
there was a time when I think my instincts did kick in overdrive when society wanted me to like Jack Johnson, but then I heard banana pancakes and I was like, at my core, at the depths of my soul, I am both allergic to banana, like bananas themselves, and this song. It is the worst thing I've ever heard. It's this level of um, uh, effervescent, uh, soft rock triggering that I can only, you know, compare to Colby Calais because I that her music, uh, uh, truly, truly, my my level of of hate and, and detest of that song starts in my toes, makes me crinkle my nose wherever it goes. I always know, like ev- that song followed me everywhere for years in college, and all my friends and relationships were like, "Oh my god, it's so romantic," and I was like, "No, it's not. I'd sooner listen to Katie Tunstall." And I really don't like Black Horse and the Cherry Tree, and I really do find that title confusing. And I do like Suddenly I See, uh, per the D-Wars P intro, but I, you know, what was I talking about? Oh, how I would say I liked Dave Matthews. Yeah, I I don't know. I like some of his stuff, but depending on the day, like, yeah, if, if somebody signed on and was DMing me, it would be like, celebrate, we will, because life is short but sweet for certain, you know? But then if somebody logs off and I hear that door shut noise, it's like... <laughs> what's that song <laughs> it's like uh uh excuse me please um one more drink could you make it strong because i don't need to think and it's like well you're not 21 and also just because that guy in pie cap didn't respond to your text message i don't think you need to be posting lyrics to grace is gone like relax can we talk about oar my god that was like a funny thing memory i hadn't thought of in a while i need to talk about oar like on a separate episode because that in and of itself is a comical mid-odds like frat boy thing that honestly crazy game of poker hey girl uh home like these songs they're, they're pretty good they're pretty catchy i think most of us have probably been to an oar concert but like what an interesting example of like a band that's really popular among a demographic that doesn't have like huge huge mainstream success despite seeming somewhat ubiquitous you know what i mean i think like I think of them similarly to like a, a dispatcher, like a something corporate, you know. Wow, that went uh, really off off the rails from tanning beds. What was I saying? Oh, just faking it till you make it, because like yeah, my fake tan and my tan line, um, my fake designer, uh, like bags, and like when I say designer, I mean coach. Like my sister and I went in the back of white vans and were driven to like undisclosed locations in New York City, and we were teenagers to get like counterfeit goods. Like, that's insane. And I mean, fortunately for us, instead of the white van, you can head over to Tiffany Houghton's shiny white veneers, Turtle Creek Lane's daughter, because on TiffanyHoughton.com, she sells counterfeit goods. Like, can we can we also talk about dupe culture? Like, what's happening here? Uh, what? It's not like I need to stand up for Chanel. I, they don't exactly need my small business Saturday, but I, it is illegal. <laughs> and, I, and, and they're very wealthy. And I find the whole thing confusing. And also, it kind of makes me sad because I think another thing that I really like about age and having moved on with my sense of style is is my utter disinterest in labels anymore um and i and i mean that like i I like nice things and i have nothing against them i want to buy nice things for myself but like i just don't need the logo front and center i don't need the i don't know it's just like that that that's very like that to me is a trend that's out is caring about who makes stuff to the point where it doesn't really matter if it's cute. It's just that the label's outward facing to the point where you would forego function and quality just to have the label on it. It's just a time that I'm out of, that I'm grateful to be out of, that I, I guess uh, I am learning that what is right up my alley is not down Turtle Creek Lane more often than not. But the fake tans and the fake bags and the overall faking of my own, you know, confidence and comfort with not needing a man 
because like I I never needed one, no. And I f- would feel that way about myself now. I hope if I uh, wasn't in a relationship because I do think that I'm worthy now. It's taken me a long time to feel that way. And I think one of the thi- like through lines too of these stories and my stories too is the, the, the pretending that you did not care about what the guy you liked or girl, whoever it was, it, you liked thought, uh, who they dated, what they did, if they saw you in your outfit that night. Like pretending that they didn't exist was the biggest ruse of it all. And that I was better off and he is going to wish he never let me go. He doesn't know what he's missing to the left, to the left, everything you own in a box to the left. And I think that, you know, we would write these narratives in our heads that matched the movies we saw and the media we consumed and whether we were being, you know, informed of a terrible idea like, you know, if you don't tell him, he'll never know. Like, no, Barbara Streisand, no, Celine Dion, do not tell him. Do not tell him that the sun and moon shines in his eyes. Like, stop it right now. You sound insane. Nobody wants to hear that. And if you actually feel that way about somebody, they're probably, like, if they're not crystal clear you feel that way, you probably are in a tough situation where you should maybe keep that to yourself. I do not always believe you need to tell him. Um, I think people make it clear to you if you like them. And when guys didn't like me, I would write in my head this manic pixie dream girl or rom com narrative that, like, they're not acting into me because they I simply have not made it clear that I'm into them or that grand gestures are indeed effective when they are not. I would um, tell myself the sluttier I dressed and the more I drank and the more visibly I would position myself in a, you know, house party, you know, frat party at a 3 a.m. bar and the more smoothly I ground to, you know, Bubba Sparks Miss New Booty, you know, like he, he would curse the day he left me. But like, no, I mean, it's just so comical. Nothing's less attractive than a girl that is like way too drunk in an ill-fitting outfit, freezing in a bar line because she can't be bothered to hold a coat, uh, you know, swinging her coach wristlet like a helicopter, like the P.D. Pablo fan she is, and uh, then crying in a corner or bathroom stall because said crush did not respond in the way she thought they would to the, you know, side ruching on her tube top in the way it so elegantly uh, falls like a tunic over top her Citizens of Humanity jeans that she bought with all of her beer cart money for sorority rush, leaving her with minimal funds so she would pregame a little too hard before she would go out to the bars because buying drinks is expensive. I used to buy sparkling ice from Costco and like put aristocrat vodka in it and just like drink that while I was out because calories, like, ugh. I'm just so annoyed with the whole thing. Um, <laughs> I used to play a lot of power. I'm really interested in revisiting the power hour. Like it's very dangerous if you actually do drink once a minute, but we used to do a lot of video power hours with music videos and it was magical and I'd be interested in doing something similar like that again. Anyway, wow, we're at 30 minutes. I got to get moving. So this episode's really fun. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, Kelly and I had a blast reading off your stories, and there's actually a lot more. I'm going to figure out if I should do a part two or not um, because they're just, they're too good. And they, the problem is they incite discussion, and we keep wanting to, like, it, it reminds us of our own stories as we go through. Uh, but f- the first part of the episode actually, so when Kelly and I uh, recorded, uh, that love story reaction video for on Patreon. Um, 
I like found out in real time she was like part of an MLM and I had no idea and given like I just deep dove and I talk about them all the time I'm like how did this never come up the first part of the episode we talked through that because we did a little bit more research and us researching her MLM and finding her MySpace was the reason we even did this episode in the first place so at the beginning we kind of um chat about some different things involving our youth then we get into stories and I am so grateful for the privilege of your time come back in case there's a part two or I might put the bonus stories on um, Patreon where I put bonus content. And uh, lastly, oh yeah, I announced a live show. I'm doing a live show March 11th. Um, it is called Barkhart Sports featuring March Madness because for a brief time I am bringing back Be There in Five Remind Doormats as not as a rug company, but as part of like broader merch. I've been working on it for a while and people that attend the live show will have first dibs on the new um merch as well as these mats but i called it bar card sports not because i care about barstool but because you know my main sport is wordplay and uh, i feel like a bar card is my mascot and i'm a little less collar daddy and a little more collar chatty and i figure why not ride the coattails of something popular in parody and see what happens uh, to tell you that the barstool fandom is charming is is uh you know understatement to say the least i got some interesting messages of people thinking i was deliberately stealing their ip uh you know may, I, I don't even know what people thought i was doing but you put a bar cart in uh, you know in a, in a circle of stars and man people really go to bat i can only hope people would go to bat for me the same way they go for barstool uh it's really not about them and more so that it's just like really solid pun and uh but it is kind of like a thing where i'm structuring it in a sports ish themed fashion because i think you know like i said people trivialize women's interests people revere things like sports call them pastimes that is utterly ridiculous nothing is more important than the other and we need to stop accepting these sexist tropes as if your interests are more sophisticated than mine and level the playing field to use a sports analogy and i want to start with this live show bar cart sports where i talk about the things that i love and you love and we're proud of them and pop culture is our sport uh, in a live show format that is temporary in nature, which makes me more comfortable to say things that I might regret. And I do have a section called Contact Sports where I do plan to read uh, at least a couple of the DMs that I've avoided opening from like bloggers, for example, which could go one of two ways. <laughs> so anyway, you guys, I, I, tickets are on sale now. The link is in the show notes. It's also in the bio of my Instagram at be there in five, F-I-V-E, now the number five, on locationlive.com slash be there in five is where you buy tickets uh it's a virtual show people like i don't know the messaging is always like there's a cap because uh of like server issues and like these shows crash but like i'm pretty i don't know I, I feel like i'd be lying if i said that was a real issue i don't see myself having to cut that off but if i did that'd be awesome um, but i don't know so anyway uh the only thing is is that um the patreon discount is only good through today midnight if you got an email um, the price goes up the day of the show and you can watch it for like 24 hours after. I mean, if I'm happy with it, maybe 48. I think I do have control over that, but the whole point is for it to be like live and in passing, right? Uh, but I'm really excited. I love doing the first one and I'm a little bit more prepared for this one. And it's just very different from the podcast. Uh, I miss performing so much and it's like a different energy and the chat is so effing fun. You guys were so funny last time and I didn't read the chat till after. And I'm going to try to figure out a way to stay on the pulse of it live this time because I thought I thought people were like bored, but then I went back and I was like, oh man, I, I had a lot more to say about that. Um, but it's really cool getting that feedback in real time. And I know there's probably a lot of like live show fatigue. I know a lot of people did Valentine shows and whatnot, but I think it's kind of a fun thing to do. Like I'm so tired of Netflix and the like. I've been going on everyone's live shows. I, I really like seeing people in their element. And um, you know, I'm not a I'm a solo host and 
I kind of lament sometimes when people like over focus on guests and I'm like, I'm here to see you, not your random guests. So I do anchor the entire thing uh, unless, you know, people tell me they'd like otherwise. And uh, it's a journey. <laughs> so I'm excited. I hope you'll join Thursday, March 11th, 9.05 p.m. Eastern. Tickets at on live slash be there in five in the show notes and on my Instagram bio. And if you like this episode, you, it makes all the difference when you guys share it in your stories. Um, tag me, tag a friend who you can relate to with the desperate energy. <laughs> um, uh, send it to me if you're private. Uh, it is. It has been a tough winter trying to figure out the uh, future of of um, a person like me and like a non celebrity role in a podcast. As like the category's just been overtaken, and I'm so proud and grateful for the strong audience I have. And um, growth is like glacial in this business. And um, I just hope you know that like. I'm not trying to be annoying or desperate when I ask you to share or leave a review. It actually like it, th those are the things that like make the show survive. And I'm just cannot emphasize enough how much I appreciate those of you that have taken the time to do either of those things. Um, you can always send me an email at podcast to be there in five.com. I will do one ad right now. Then we'll go into stories and I will catch you on the flip side. You know, my pension for posting cryptic away messages and hopes to make somebody jealous is not only a way of life, some might call it a ritual. And Ritual Vitamins is one of our sponsors this week because we deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. The owner started it when she was pregnant herself and she met with a board who basically said, pick one, family or, you know, CEO. And she was like, uh, no, thank you, and did it anyway. And I love her for it. She uh, started this company because she was finding that sugars, GMOs, allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants were in prenatal vitamins when she was pregnant. And so she created a company that is not only literally transparent in its, in its bottle and capsules, but has a transparent uh, supply chain process so you always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from, thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. I take two of the women's multivitamin, multivitamin daily, which I've raved about uh, how there's like this minty aftertaste, which I can't explain unless you try it, but it d d leaves a delightful lingering taste, which is unusual for vitamins. And beyond that, it doesn't hurt my stomach on an empty stomach, which is a big reason why I often won't take vitamins in the morning. But Ritual's made my healthy habits easier. It's available for women, men, and teens, and they're scientifically developed to help support different life stages. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always, and start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your order. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash be there in five to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash be there in five for 10% off during your first three months. Did I say that already? Anyway. welcome back to the podcast oh, well hey girl it's great to be back you know i wasn't sure if we were going to record like a regular episode or not but you know i can't you know hang out with people without imposing my job onto them so thank you for your help this week well of course and i'm sure it was just all the positive feedback that was was received <laughs> from the patreon that was supposed to be a three minute watch of taylor swift that turned into 45 minutes of us just chit-chatting it always does it, it always really does. does you know the uh, after that, if, if in case you're not familiar, uh, patreon.com slash be there in five, which is where I post bonus episodes and like video content and fun extras. Kelly and I posted a video of us, you know, in our inflatable chair talk show. 
talking about Taylor Swift's love story, the new version. And in the middle of the conversation, it, it becomes, uh, I'm made aware that Kelly was in an MLM <laughs> or got sucked into one in 2008. Was being heavily recruited. I did not, I never sold to anybody. So I never really officially joined. I did though, upon a deep dive last night into my old email addresses, yeah. you found evidence of products that I purchased. So I did go as far as to purchase a few products. Never sold them. And and how did you get approached to join this MLM? I was pumping, pumping gas at a gas station and a nice woman came up to me and, you know, flattery apparently is the key to my heart. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you, yes, you're right. I, I do want to talk with you. I do need money. So this makes sense that I now go to a stranger's house and learn more about it. I'm dying to know what her opening line was. I'm on high alert at gas stations. And was it like, I, you know, I love your gold Camry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. At this point, though, I do think I have my Civic. Damn. I know, right? I was high rolling. I think a... Um, Civic is to a Corolla as an Accord is to yes. a Camry. Yes, yes. See, I know cars. Look, wow, you were just <laughs> on top of things. Also, the cars you just named are the cars that we would rotate in our family. So, yeah, we do love, <laughs> uh, you know, to support foreign manufacturers. We, do. we really do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you want to listen to it, it was just kind of a funny clip where. I had no idea she was in an MLM. And then it's almost an know. extra layer of funny because she felt too bad to say no to join the woman's team, but then felt too bad to sell it to people. So, so you I joined lost. and then never sold anything. So I lost even more money. I left that situation poorer than how I started, <laughs> which is was hard to do. So, But that's okay. We live and learn. And when I hacked into her 2008 email, so last time we went through her emails, we tried to get into her MySpace. We were kind of like going through like old cell phones um trying to see like what had a digital footprint that we might have forgot about and i yeah so it did turn out that she was selling um like you remember i'm not selling sorry she purchased 250 (laughs) dollars worth of inventory which i believe was the mini minimum to satisfy her um emerald right upline right yeah uh and the products were this in like the late aughts, these tubes with powder that you'd pour into water bottles mm-hmm. that are like crystal light now, but at the time they were it was kind of novel to flavor your bottled water, and they were like new kiwi strawberry nutrient things from Amway. It, it, well, that was the big thing; it was all nutrients. That's what I. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go back and sell for that? So that I just remember that being a push. The nutrients. <laughs> it was like. Like highly manufactured radioactive oh, yeah. powder. Right. Just, it's horrifying. It's a but brand okay. I don't recognize. I don't even think it exists anymore. Um, what what did we find? What was it? It was three letters in it. LTD. LTD. Yes. Like, le- but that stood for some leadership thing. Right. That's where I'm. But it was still connected to Amway. So I think they must have broken this. Like, hey, we can make even more money if we break off and do this. And I mean, clearly, as I said on Patreon, I mean. We did go to CC's Pizza for the pizza buffet. So and, high and they, rolling. And when you stood up, they wanted you to say the best part of the retreat. The best part of the retreat. Oh, yeah. She went to also went to a retreat. Did you have to pay for that retreat? Of course. You had to stay at the Cavalier Hotel in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like stay with a bunch of people I didn't know. I mean, that whole thing when I look back. But that just goes to show you all you need to do to convince. You don't have to do much to convince someone. Like if you 
find somebody. And that's the, I think, upsetting thing about all these cults and stuff is that you literally just have to give, in some circumstances, give somebody hope and then they can take it from there and believe whatever they want. And that, I mean, it is scary. Yeah, when you look at the BITE model, um, which is the, it's an acronym for what cults do. It's behavioral control, informational control, thought control, and emotional control. And one of the um, emotional pieces is the love bombing. So you feel burdened going mm -hmm. into it because they were so nice to you mm -hmm. and like did something maybe for you just complimented your Camry. <laughs> Obviously high burden. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like fascinating when you look at the parallels because it's salespeople have been using mind control-esque task tactics forever but obviously the extreme example would be executive success programs, which is the feeder to Nexium. And I was so convinced that's what Kelly w went to. I mean, but would it surprise you? Like I, it probably was. No, because thousands of people went and they, it was like kind of run of the mill self-help and not until you got to the highest tier, you know, w is it right, scandalous? Right, yeah. Uh, the worst part is Kel, I would, I am so desperate for human interaction I would go to a LuLaRoe leggings party just to drink cheap, cheap Prosecco and have some light conversation. That was another weird thing where it starts getting sticky when people that you work with sell that and you get yeah. invited and you feel obligated to go and purchase. I have stuff upstairs still with the tags on. Stuff I would never wear. Oh my God, can I have it? Oh, oh, do you, do you, you'll, it's, a, it's a floor length skirt. In what world? Oh my God, I want to do a fashion show of things Kelly bought from an MLM. <laughs> um, it's like a Maxi's Curbit in a print, I bet. It's a black and white print. And I was like, you're right. I will wear this to work all the time. <laughs> it This was, what, seven, eight years ago? Is I it still, LuLaRoe? It's LuLaRoe. I wonder if there's like a support group for husbands of boss babes. It, it, it was it was tough stuff. Because I could, if I was doing that, okay, I mean, I am a boss babe, a mm -hmm. CEO. <laughs> and you know I'm sure my husband when I was cranking away hours of my youth making doormats swearing <laughs> it was gonna work I'm sure he was like oh god because if he didn't support my dreams I'd be like you don't support my dreams what a woman can't have her own business uh You're such and a I'm delight sure people do that a lot but the other dark thing I think about about MLMs the last thing on this topic is um uh American murder um Oh, the horrible thing with the man and the kids, the oil. It, it was works. the patch. No, it Joby? was a patch that you put on your arm for like nutrients. <laughs> <laughs> she probably got it for me. I um, thrive. Thrive Global. What do they sell? This patch. That's it? <laughs> I don't know. But you're right. Actually, she did do It Works. 31. Unique. Oh, remember Unique and the mascara? Uh, also, I had to get bad. that from someone I worked with. It, that's the hard part about all these is be, they really make you feel obligated. Oh, yeah. And the problem, too, as a like on this is really in the past couple years died down. Uh, when I first started Instagram storing and stuff more, I had to stop making comments about like makeup, lipstick, da da da, because I would get bombarded with lip sense people. Oh, or beauty yeah, counter people. Right. And it's kind of and like this <laughs> the the best is people that I do still get a lot of um offers to join people's uh sometimes people's teams 
and they offer you know me to make they follow me and they like offer me to make some cash like a little extra income to support my career blah 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 and I'm like ma'am I have a job <laughs> like this is so insulting like are you suggesting <laughs> that I don't have a job or like or I need more money oh, yeah. or I get a lot of offers to join people's like weight loss teams so I got targeted once <laughs> For some solution, basically, I was in a wedding Mm -hmm. and I went to zip up the bridesmaid's dress like the weekend before and it wouldn't zip all the way up. Mm -hmm. Like, And I was like, oh, no, I don't know what to do. Oh, my God, I remember this. And so I got sucked into (laughs) they wrapped my entire body in ace bandages, like had me get on an elliptical and then squirted this like solution like <laughs> liposine or like something some like solution H, probably. Yeah, like where where they where you would like be on the elliptical and I was like I can't breathe this is so tight like there's so much and so basically they just make you sweat like you lose water weight is all it's doing and it turns out I, I it didn't work and I thankfully I went to Nordstrom and because Nordstrom is the best they were like oh we'll just ship you a new size I mean you know those dresses don't have any give there's no give there, there's and the issue yeah, with this why is, is there no stretch in bridesmaids no dresses. I know and like the top is just always like so snug right and that's you know that's where the issue lied the cleave yeah. Yeah. You're either like full Renaissance fair. Right. Or and that's just it. I'm sack. like, I'm a bridesmaid in a wedding. No one needs to see all of this. Like I needed to get another right size. Yeah. No one <laughs> likes a whore in church. <laughs> Did you know that I went my whole life thinking that the phrase was a horse bath and not a whore's bath? <laughs> <laughs> I literally spelled it yeah. out on Instagram about taking a horse bath and people were like, isn't it whore's bath? And I was like, oh my God. If it Did is, you think like a horse, because a horse just gets like, wait, no, I don't even want to guess. Tell me your. Okay, a horse, a horse can't take a shower. Right. They have to have someone, someone like. Someone kind of sponge them, them off. Yes. And I figure they like <laughs> wipe them down a little bit and they have a nice mane of hair and they like brush out the hair and like that's a horse bath. But when I learned it was a horse bath, I'm like, I wouldn't use that phrase because that's really offensive to horse. <laughs> I don't know. If you want to be one, great. I support sex oh workers. God. I just don't, um, I just, it, it's so embarrassing. Like those blind spots, like that entire Arby's episode. It's just, yeah, I still am learning I have them. Um, the, so today's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Kelly. Uh, I just got the best text. It really put me yeah. in the spirit. So this is what, uh, you think this is like maybe a matchmaker or something? I think it's a matchmaker from when I was in Chicago. Like, because, you know, I did some of the yeah. speed dating and stuff and like work. And so I think this is I get random text messages sometimes. And I'm pretty sure there's no previous message, but they always come from different numbers. I'm pretty sure that's what it's from. And it was a text and not an I message. It was a text. Yeah. This is so rude. It said, hey, again, Kelly, Elisa here, singles community manager and love pro. That's a job title. <laughs> love pro. Happy Singles Awareness Day. LOL. Today sucks for those of us who are single. Come join our singles gang instead, where it's fun. Colon hyphen P. Not even the emoji. <laughs> colon hyphen P. Can't wait to meet you, XOXO. Okay. D- okay. D- today is not... Val- who-, who cares? It's Sunday. I know. Valentine's Day. I just feel like even it's anymore is not a thing. It's the Daytona 500. Yeah. Nobody cares. Also, if you are actually like a love pro and a person supporting single women, you wouldn't 
A, call it Singles Awareness Day, or B, project onto you that today should suck. And she said the word single three times in one sentence. No, it was just, and like, I laughed at it. It's, I the know, problem but is- But the wrong person? The wrong person, exactly. Like, the wrong person gets a hold of this, and it could totally turn their day. And again, who cares? It's just a day. Like, it is so funny how people take it so seriously and get so offended I don't want to offend anyone by saying this, but I guess my own experience, it just doesn't matter. And so it's funny when people get so offended when like their significant other doesn't do something or if they don't have a date for Valentine's Day. Right. I think any uh, any uh, introspective queen would know about the love languages. Happy. And I think that has helped probably a lot of people understand. Oh, hopefully. Because yeah. I think when you're younger, you compare what your boyfriends or sp- spouses do to what other people's boyfriends yes. and spou- spouses do. And when I was younger and didn't understand like the point of a relationship, I really wanted those um, like visible cues of love and affection that other people could see, so they would know how happy I am. Like that, which is we the, watched is on the mark YouTube of happiness. Is <laughs> <laughs> caring that other people know you're happy. Obviously, when you're happy, you literally don't care if anybody else. Exactly right, and that's what's so funny. But it is, I think it is an appropriate day to be reading some of these stories that you crowdsource because they're so, I've only seen a couple that first got posted in the Facebook group and then I stopped looking so I could be surprised. But they do seem fun. I'm super excited. But then in honor of Valentine's Day, are there any like funny or memorable dates more on the funny side that you have been on that come to mind? I've only, um, you know, guys, I told you, I'm the owner proprietor of the Lonely Hearts Club, formerly, before I met my now husband. Um, my, I just, you know, we feel like our inner children. And, and since sixth grade, all, like, from sixth grade to, what would, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 16th grade, if you will, like, yes, to quantify, yeah. um, never had a Valentine. Right. Um, but at our public schools, every year, they would have these like fundraisers and you could send people flowers in class and the entire day you wait with bated breath bated to see breath. if you get a carnation. Oh, and then if you did what color it was. Now, let me ask you, did you ever get a carnation? No. no right. Of course not. <laughs> ever. Like maybe from Morgan, or like my friend to be nice. And it was like a, a yellow, yellow flower. <laughs> <laughs> Which means friendship. Yellow meant friendship. Like they were the color of the carnation equated to uh, something. Yeah. And it was a big, and I just remember watching in awe, like what are people going to get? Because also, and I think you guys had this too, because we've talked about it on the podcast. You would fill out a love quiz and then you would get matched. Mm -hmm. And then on Valentine's day, Mm -hmm. you would wait to see who your matches would be and like hope it was a crush. I never got who I wanted. It was always like, Derek, who sat in my squad line in gym class, who I already saw too much of anyway. Do you remember squad lines? <laughs> I wonder if that's universal. Sorry, I just took a sip of coffee. Yeah, it, meant, it mattered who was behind you in your squad line. Because when they outlawed thongs at Bird Middle. Someone brought that up to me the other day. Hey, wasn't it your sister that was a part of that group that got like, there was like a rule that yeah. was implemented at the middle school? Who because- lives, who dies, who tells your story. <laughs> I was part of the grave where girls stopped wearing underwear and loose gym shorts. And therefore, when we were doing things like the butterfly stretch, that became a problem. (laughs) In like what? Seventh grade? Eighth eighth grade? And I remember that the names of everybody who started that trend 
And, you know, Kelly and I both have big yearbook staff energy. And the amount of stuff I remember from high school with names is astounding. And I'm sure people remember a lot of stuff about me that's weird. And they, you know, if they would listen to this now, they'd be like, that girl sucks. I'm so interested to hear. That would be a fun crowd sourcer. (laughs) Did you know Kate in middle or high school? Right in. Um, I want to do this now. And actually, one of the reasons I really liked Greg when I first met him is because he... After like we'd we'd gone on one date, I think, maybe two, and I've been like just texting throughout January. As you know, I met my husband at a country western bar, like drunk at one AM. It's a whole thing. Which is just very not the place you would ever think I'd meet my husband. So right. no. You know. Me, yes. You no. But you know, the, to tell you a sentence you've never heard before. Ladies, he's just around the corner. <laughs> But really, like, that's just the last right. place I would have ever expected because I hated going to, like, bars right. and clubs and stuff. Um, but he, I remember I was at dinner with um, Meredith and Lainey and Marissa, and we were at a BYOB Thai place, and he texted me saying, well, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. We should probably go out. And I was, like, shocked. Yeah. Because I was taught that if you make Valentine's Day a thing too early on, like, you're clingy, you're weird, it's too much pressure, it means you're, yes. like, getting married. Y- yes, and he just was like, nice. Yeah. So he knew I liked rom-coms. So he took me to see Valentine's Day on Valentine's Day. Remember the movie Valentine's Day? Oh, yeah. Day? And uh, I remember, you know, I said I one of the reasons I liked Greg was because he had furniture. <laughs> so High hot. standards. Um, he was wearing like a leather jacket. Like, but not in a uh, Danny Zuko way. Right, right, right. Like in a, like a Ryan wow. Gosling way. He, he's like a uh, an adult. Yeah, he's like an adult. He was wearing, I think, he was wearing like a... A shirt with a sweater or like quarter zip and a leather jacket. It was very gosling. I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe he cares about his appearance um, in a good way. And we went to the movie. It was the worst movie we've ever seen. And um, <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I agree, but I actually will put it on sometimes in the background because there's it. it is, it has its moments where oh, I, yeah. I find it funny like because Taylor it's Swift so, dances? Yes. Because there's so much effort put into it. I think that's why I find it funny. Like, there's so many celebrities in it. Oh, yeah. When they were making it, they thought it was going to be Citizen Kane. Oh, they thought, yeah, like, this yeah. was outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, It's yeah. so cheesy. But then, as you guys may know, afterward, um, we went uh, to his apartment for the first time, and I was a little bit nervous, uh, where he said, you want to see this really cool website? And I was like, yeah. And the first website he showed me was called Family Watchdog. It's a map of uh, all your local sex offenders. And he wanted to show me how dense Manhattan was. <laughs> wow. Wow. How romantic. <laughs> and then he asked me if I had heard chat of chat roulette. Oh, that's right. And we get on chat roulette, bunch of penises. So we didn't stay on it for long because we thought we wanted to try it because it was like really was popular rage, that week. Yeah. And um, that is when we chat we got the Jonas Brothers that's right oh and my gosh. but we were they skipped over us because we were dark on that we didn't like oh. actually do it but then we like looked it up on Twitter or something and sure enough like the Jonas Brothers had been on chat roulette which is just kind of funny it but is. um and then I wanted Mexican food but for some reason we couldn't get any so on our first Valentine's Day we went to Taco Bell <laughs> and, that and is, then ever since then oh we, no it's your birthday that you uh, guys go both both oh, okay okay uh, we'll we'll go to like a cheap Mexican restaurant not Taco Bell, but like, you know, white queso type restaurant mm. because Greg doesn't love when I individually salt my chips. I'm not sure if it's because of it's not attractive or my blood pressure. I like to think it's the latter. Uh, but I do individually salt my chips on major holidays. That's a true story. Bank holidays and my birthday. 
<laughs> bank holidays <laughs> birthday so uh anyway sorry for making you sit through that story but that's my only valentine story no i love it i think it's awesome do you have a valentine story or just a notable romantic date story um so i also was like you where all i i pined for someone Mm -hmm. to have a Mm -hmm. date with on valentine's day but if they hugged you you would vomit of course like like (laughs) it makes no sense so i finally have a date for Valentine's Day, I'd been in a relationship with someone for like six or so months. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited. This is this is going to be it. And I was in my 20s. Um, and I remember we went, I feel like it. Valentine's Day fell on like a Saturday night. So we just were like out because we were out. And I remember this he this person told me like, just so you know, <laughs> this actually is going to take a turn. Maybe I shouldn't tell it. <laughs> He's like, just so you know, um, I've always been told that if you give someone jewelry too soon, they come to expect it. So I'm not going to give you anything for Valentine's he Day. He said that? Yes. And it was a little alarming. I was like, oh, okay. It's no big deal. Like, I don't care. But at the time I was like, oh my gosh. That, so, that is a comical example of something like a father would tell a son that's just like a tropey, dumb cliche about ex- women. Exactly. And, and it honestly, was just, what was he going to get you? Like, well, a, so, okay. So then I would say, though, best day again, to not like romantic, but funny, is we were celebrating an anniversary, like a, t- a two year anniversary, right? So I'm like excited. We never, literally, would not go out to eat unless we had a group on our living social coupon. Like, oh, that was. <laughs> Like that was every restaurant we ever went to was because of that. Like that's how it was right, picked. Right. Or remember when, wasn't it like restaurant.com? Oh yeah. I used a lot of those. Yeah. I think you $1 probably turned gift me- certificates. Yes. They actually worked. No, it was, it actually was great. So we would go out with that. So anyways, the point to that is we never went anywhere like crazy or fancy or anything. One thing about that. Yeah. Group on a living social. The thing with those is you can only go in off hours. So it's, it's always like from oh, 4 to 6 p.m. on right. weekdays. Yeah. Like it was literally like, okay, let's like get done with work and then rush to make it. So um, for our anniversary, I was like, oh, maybe we're like, I hadn't heard anything. I'm thinking we're going to, it's like a surprise. Like I'm getting excited again. Yeah. Um, I get a call and this person that I'm seeing is behind a car who has apparently just robbed a bank and is throwing money out of the van that just robbed this bank. And this person pulls over to collect the money and called me excited to say we could actually go out for our anniversary. And so we went out with dirty money and I still feel like I have to repent for it. <laughs> and it wasn't even anywhere crazy. Like I remember major chain. the entree, it was a chain and the entree was like $25 and I gasped because that was so much. Did you me. get wine? Um, I think I got a mixed drink. And then, sure enough, that is the money that the next day, that's what we used to go out, which was... <laughs> this story kills me on so many levels. Not only, it's like, yeah, you know, tailing a high-speed chase bank robber, throwing cash out the car is just a cartoonish thing to happen. Yeah. But to get out of the car and collect coins like Mario and just be like, money, 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 and that not in risking being part of the right. kind of an accessory. Right. But also, I wouldn't have told you. And, and no, it was comical because it was just like, wh- why? I mean, comical in a weird way. Like not, it was, now I laugh at about the time it. it was dark stuff. At the time I remember it you was telling me that. Really it, dark. And it, it's kind of like, yeah, because you, you just wanted to do something nice that wasn't that big of a deal. But it, it, he, I think he saw it as like, you know, a, a sign, like some, you know, money falling from the sky so we could take his right. girlfriend out but right. <laughs> it truly was like, truly 
Okay, so the reason we're doing this episode is because when we were going into Kelly's emails in MySpace, I didn't know Kelly had one. And when she said that, I was like, why would you have one? She was like, oh, to make people jealous. I was like, <laughs> what? And then sure enough, we go on the site and it's just like the best photos she's ever taken in the most premium mid-aughts going oh. out tops you oh. have ever seen. Sh- sh- shiny. <laughs> With matching gold purses, like the jewelry that I literally had bracelets and necklaces that I'd be like, oh, this has every color of the shirt. I have to buy it and wear it with the shirt. It has to match 218. It's so embarrassing. But what I laughed at, and I hadn't been on, and I've tried to get into MySpace because I actually do love some of the photos that are on there. Mm-hmm. Haven't been able to get in. This was not an easy process. We actually, I reached out to a friend. He was able to remember mm-hmm. his, and then I was able to see my profile from there. What was alarming were, and what made me realize is the number of, quote, friends that I had on MySpace, it's all guys that I was interested in. All of them. Yeah. The, that is the only reason I had a MySpace was to post these, like, quote, hot girl pics. The fact that we, as young women, we really thought the way to hook them was oh. to incessantly post inside jokes. It could be seen as pervy. It could be seen as, like... It, weird maybe that's it because we it was saying something that was vague enough to let their mind wander wander i mean yeah talk about wanderlust it was it was a journey so that inspired you to yeah yeah, wonder what else you know people have done ask yeah ask the audience uh what's like the cringiest funniest or most embarrassing thing they ever did to make somebody jealous because you know we we the best are nothing if not uh, not straightforward. <laughs> we'll go you know go into great lengths with your outfit and looks and glances across a bar and friendships and photos and texts and all the things like you have to do everything in your power to make sure somebody is so clear that you are so much better off without them without ever speaking to them. Obviously, and the, there are great lengths we go to to accomplish this. Okay, let me go through some of these emails. Um, Senior year of high school, I was at a New Year's Eve party where my very recent ex-boyfriend, this deserves its own backstory, he was my first boyfriend and one who kindly chose to break up with me six days before my birthday, which also happens to be Christmas Day. Oh, double whammy. We were watching Love Actually at his house and he was texting the entire time. And I finally asked who he was talking to so much and he said, like three other girls, do you want to know their names? <gasps> um, Is he, uh, like, are you Emma Thompson in Love Actually? Is he Alan Rickman with the... <laughs> Gal with the bad haircut. Is it Alan Rickman? I don't remember. Um, I'm not a huge Love Actually fan, so I haven't seen it in a long time. But you know how that the husband cheats on that wife and she finds the necklace in his coat pocket? Like I found that David Yerman receipt. receipt. (gasps) Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So we were at... We were at this party. He showed up with some girl, a freshman, the audacity, and his best friend. I proceeded to chug my Nalgene bottle full of Everclear flavored with crystal light. Oh, my God. Everclear. Everclear. Got absolutely we- wasted. Then decided to give his best friend a lap dance in the middle of the living room on a folding chair <laughs> to a juvenile song while everybody watched. I was too blackout to know if he was even upstairs at the time or if he saw it, but I felt vindicated all the same. Do you think back on that and shudder? You know when oh, you shudder? Yes. I mean, that. okay, here's the problem with real hot girl shit. At that, when we cared about, only cared about being hot girls, it was like we did the things that we objectively thought were hot that we saw in like movies, TV, yeah. perhaps the fine film Coyote Ugly. Oh. 
and we didn't you know you that like you, you got to act like a person probably and not just like a stripper or you can, if you want to be a stripper that's great but not as a minor but or also you've not drank at Everclear but as a minor I, oh yeah but also I I'm cringing because I think back to you think something is such a great idea at the time like oh, when yeah. you have some liquid courage and yeah. then the next day you wake up with just that pit in your stomach for like days it doesn't go away like stuff that's Again, who who remembers today, but at the time it feels like such a big deal. I'm sure she woke yeah. up the next day and was like, oh my gosh. Like every girl who's ever done a keg stand with a thong on. <laughs> oh, hey, one of my besties did a keg stand at her wedding in her wedding dress. Charming. The same wedding where I couldn't get it to zip up. Quick, texting them, T- T9-word, Avi. Something Obvi. cryptic about them and then being like, oops, wrong person. Oh. Classic. Oh. Just to see, like, do you get a response? Now, I'd be curious to know... Was that sent because you were like waiting to hear from them and that was a way of like hearing back or you wanted them to know something of how you were thinking? Right. There's so many ways that that could be done. You could just be like colon hyphen P, 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 P. And it's like, who are you sticking your tongue out at, girl? Uh, this says, almost all of my interactions with men would fall into the cringe category. I remember an exceptionally nostalgic thing I do on AIM. My favorite go-to move was to accidentally message the person I was already chatting with and had a crush on something about how cool someone else was being around me i specifically remember talking to some boy i'd never met in person that was in a band (laughs) and said you were so funny jake i almost spilled my coffee all over my halter top and needed to change oh like he's so funny you almost spilled your coffee mind you this guy's name was not jake then i'd follow up with an omg so embarrassing i guess i shouldn't be chatting with more than one person at once (laughs) i always get my bubbles confused (laughs) teehee awesome not only am i a liar but i wanted him to think about me having to change out of my halter top (laughs) oh that's amazing oh that's amazing yeah that's kind of what i I always think about how if you wanted to really you know spice things up get someone's uh mind wandering you'd put up an away message about how you were in the shower oh because everybody needed to know likely saying shower power I have to believe I had that one saved. Um, so in eighth grade, I wrote on my hand in gel pen, I heart my boyfriend. I did not have a boyfriend. <laughs> but I told everyone he was in ninth grade, which made him at the high school, and the eighth was still middle school. It was scandalous because he was older. In college, we would pick very specific tables to eat at relative to their position of guys one or many of us were interested in. Not too close, but maybe on the way to Froyo. Small school, so we all knew the majority of each other. Get up, hug the guy or two you knew at the table, make snarky comment toward boy, you're sure is your soulmate, comment vaguely about attending a party in their suite, go back to your own table and proceed to dissect their every move in the hopes that your ridiculous actions would make them realize they want you. I deeply understand this. (laughs) Um, In like a high school cafeteria sense, you pick your route in between tables, like a dexterous game of snake, to walk by the right people. Literally... You could g- come in from a, a different entrance, one that makes no sense, mm-hmm. just so that you could get to walk by and hope that they notice you or really just to like try and make eye contact. Exactly. And, you know, if if all else fails, a last minute dash to the vending machine, oh. bathroom, anywhere. But I always didn't love when guys would see me go to the bathroom, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, ladies can't have bodily functions, <laughs> Kelly. I remember, was it my sophomore year? I, I was taking chorus because, you know, you had to take it yeah. on. And I had a crush on a guy 
Oh, this was sixth period. Seventh period was yearbook. I had a gush- crush on a guy that was on the newspaper staff. That was sixth period. So yearbook would, v newspaper oh, is very Sharks Jets. Very. Yeah. And I would rush to get to yearbook just to be able to see. And he was a senior, like just to be able mm. to see him. To the point, though, where it got so bad, I he had a very unique car. Like, nobody else in the school had this car. And I would just try and drop hints about, like, how I love driving this specific car. Like... <laughs> Should I say what it is? Yes. It was an Eagle Talon. Like, remember? Eagle, it was a knockoff of like a probe or an eclipse, an eclipse. It was a knockoff eclipse. Oh. And it was such a sporty car. Like, I just think back, I'm like, that is so embarrassing that I specifically named a car that nobody else in the school had. And I clearly was talking about his car. What is, is was Eagle like a 90s, now defunct? Yeah. Like yeah. A, I don't know the, who they What's the one that's like D A E? Like a Daiwoo? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that sort of like yeah, random like brand. Dawson. Yeah, I just, um, yeah. That, that talking about walking to see people made you, me think of it. You would say, I love driving my Eagle. Oh, I didn't even have a license. What was it called? An Eagle Talon. I'd be like, <laughs> I just really hope my parents get me a Talon for my birthday. <laughs> so weird. I remember sitting next to a group of boys my sophomore year. And it was kind of this like... The, there was a time when I was, I thought like my chance with like the popular guys or like the athletes, like it just wasn't going well. So I diverted my attention to like the straight edge kids from youth group with yeah, like the course. studded belts and the checkered vans. Obvi. And there's like this Venn diagram of overlap, but with a uh, straight edge youth group kids and like drag suburban street racing. Totally. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. If you're about. not doing drugs and alcohol, you got to get your thrills somewhere else. Yeah, right. Totally. Um, the uh the fast and the virtuous <laughs> god no so these guys in my class all they would talk about is like rims getting cars souped up spoilers putting like an accurate uh face or body on like a civic and there was all this car talk uh-huh. that i would like participate in oh, ooh, ooh. and i would pick up on things they said and pretend like i was talking to my parents about if they would get me a spoiler or not. On that 1990 Gold Honda Civic, Kelly, can you imagine a spoiler? Why didn't you get a spoiler is the question. That's the same car I tried to put the Austin Powers sparkly sticker on, and Dad said no. Did it say, yeah, baby, yeah? I think so. <laughs> I got it. Actually, this is serendipitous. I got it at a vending machine at uh, Fuddruckers. <laughs> We've been trying to go to Fuddruckers since you got here. I don't know if there's one in Richmond. Maybe we should go. Get order it to go. I for Fuddruckers, if you're not familiar, is a place where magic happens. Like kids, magic. kids used to eat free on Tuesdays. Um, but somebody DM me and I was talking about Fuddruckers being like, I'm traumatized because my Fuddruckers would weigh you to decide if you were a kid or not. <laughs> what? <laughs> On that like game scale. No. No. It's so bad. It's like it should be like any it's so bad. It's oh, so that bad. It's awful. Um, but yeah, but that's the, where the, the cheese liquid sauce, cheese, the, the buttery toasted bun, the, the fountain. F- we oh would get God. to only, I think, time during the week we could have soda. So we would literally get a splash from every single type of soda. Oh, my God. The warm cookie at the end. I was like, oh, what is this? A double tree cookie. I mean, just like a double tree. Top two favorite free warm cookies. I know what you're all thinking. Kate, where is your favorite? <laughs> Second favorite warm cookie from <laughs> this problem is that they usually have nuts. I know. It's tough. It's tough. Um, it's tough. The, 
Yeah. Wow. It's funny how these things come back to I you. know. Like, that's what's so de- so sad. These stories are making all like me think of all this, like flashing back to middle and high school. It's just so embarrassing. Oh, it is so embarrassing. I, uh, and I was young for my grade. I couldn't drive for oh, another right. two years. I was talking about my like souped up vehicle plans. Drag racing in the suburbs is lame.com. Oh my God. In 11th grade, I was desperately in love with the coolest kid in our grade. He was so cool. He actually won title of Mr. CCHS, which is a male beauty pageant. The boys were nominated to be in, but I digress. Yep. Unfortunately, and like all love stories from the mid-90s involving a tall, chubby girl and the literal basketball star of our high school, he did not return these feelings for me. Oh, my God, bless your heart. I was asked to sing for what I remember being some sort of awards night for Future Farmers of America. Oh, both members of the 4-H club, both active in the FFA. Love it. Uh, this was in Alabama, so of course. And I decided that since I knew he'd be in attendance, I would sing a pointed song. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So I chose the timeless classic, Save the Best for Last by Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Why is that so funny? It's a very mature. Wait, did you look into his eyes while you were singing? It's a very mature it choice. It is a very. And it's like, it reminds me of a. It's not like 90s a. 90s movie, like at the end. It's like a, a poignant song about a 30 something finding the love of her life. Almost right. I'd liken to like the bodyguard or like. Yes. Too, way too mature. Way too mature for a high schooler to be singing. My crush was sitting in the front row and I proceeded to sing the entire song at him. Yes. I kept my eyes yes. glued, glued to his. And convince myself that we were having a moment and that his wide-eyed glaze back at me was surely a reciprocal feeling and not the eyes of a deer stuck in terrifyingly loud headlights proclaiming sometimes the very thing you're looking for is the one thing you can't see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Um, oh. That is... Okay, that, guys, is that's main character moment. Main character moments make you think life is like the movies and that people do form meaningful connections over a glance and they don't. Mm -hmm. And I remember when Wedding Crashers Crashers came out and they talked about that girl is IFing the shit out of you. Mm -hmm. My friends and I thought like, oh, we should IF people. So we would just stare at them. (laughs) (laughs) I was just gonna... I just want... In case people aren't familiar. Whatever. You just have to hear how... The beginning... Even though we're singing Save the Best for Last, I have to thank the first advertiser we have this week, and that is Nutrafol. 30 million women are impacted by weaker thinning hair. I am one of them. Uh, You're not alone, though. There's a solution that uh, you can trust that has helped me deliver results, and I've taken back control with my hair due to Nutrafol. Many users rave about this supplement that uh, not only transformed their hair, but kind of in turn restores your confidence too, right? I am tired of shedding around my house. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why people may lose hair. For me, I wasn't totally sure and uh, it just kind of was getting worse as I got older and Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding throughout all stages of life. This takes time. Of course, I saw results in, you know, roughly three to six months And in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months as well. And more than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an efficient and high-quality solution for healthier hair. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code BETHEREIN5, and new customers will get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere, plus free shipping on every order. Get 20% off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code BETHEREIN5, F-I-V-E, not the number. 
Our next sponsor is none other than ButcherBox. Not everyone has access to high-quality meat. I had the hardest time for a long time finding affordable grass-fed beef only to find out that it should actually be grass-finished beef because grass-fed means you can feed a cow one blade of grass and still call it that. The regulations are absurd. But also free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, wild-caught salmon. All these things at the grocery store can be limited or very pricey when you do find it. Luckily, today's sponsor, ButcherBox, believes everyone deserves high-quality, humanely sourced meat. It's super easy. When you sign up, you can select your box or you can select one of their curated uh, sets and they ship it right to your door every month. And as you know, they always have an insane deal that shocks me every time and this time around when you sign up you get two new york strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free who doesn't love free steak night greg and i do steak sundays we sous vide i can't recommend that method method enough it's uh pretty simple and by simple i mean i watch him do it and i drink wine uh, every month, Butcher Box will ship a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your door. Each box is 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. And it's kind of a no-brainer as I sit here in the tundra. We, I haven't left my apartment in days. We are just subsisting off of what's in our freezer. And it's the way meat should be. So for a limited time, ButcherBox is offering members two New York Strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free in their first box. Just go to ButcherBox.com slash BeThereIn5. That's ButcherBox.com slash BeThereIn5 to get two New York Strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free in your first box. I was just going <gasps> to... I just want, I, in case people aren't familiar. Whatever. You just have to hear how the beginning. Imagine gluing eyes with some guy in the front row that's not into you. Sometimes the snow comes down in June. Sometimes the sun goes round the moon. I see the passion. Guys. That's probably going to be my outro song. Oh, I totally. don't know why that's so funny. That to is me. so funny because it's so mature for a high school. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's almost like would be less funny if you did like uh, Celine Dion. You were my strength when I was weak because that was like kind of popular and cliche. Right. But like, no one was singing this right in high school. <laughs> okay, I have a story for you. I cashed, catfished myself on the heyday in the heyday of AIM. The year is 2005. I'm in eighth grade. We're just getting boy crazy, and AIM is everything. For reasons now unbeknownst to me, I made up a fake boyfriend named Jake. I wonder if it was the other Jake. Oh, Jake from State Farm. Jake from State Farm. Who lived in my neighborhood and went to a different school. To bring the story to life, I made him a fake AIM account. His screen name was Jake the Skate 945 <laughs> because he was a skater boy, obviously. And 945 were the last three digits of my home phone number. <laughs> I would log into each account separately on my computer and my parents' desktop, have chat conversations oh, between myself oh. and Jake. I literally had to walk between two rooms of my home to accomplish this task, all while trying to act cool as a cucumber because my parents didn't even allow me to have an AIM account. To solidify my budding romance, I printed off our IM transcripts and brought them to my lunch table to to my crew as proof of my BF. No one cared, thank God, and Jake disappeared in a matter of months. Oh. <laughs> but I get it. You don't want to be the one friend that's inexperienced. I know. I, I know. I would always tell people I already had my first kiss and I met a guy at the beach. That's That, that was your re, like the story? Yeah, like in Sanderling. <laughs> hey, I did meet someone in Sanderling. You did. But like, my parents would have never let me Mary Kate and Ashley style holiday no. the sun go off on escapades no. to retrieve stolen antiquities so with people funny. I just met. Oh, I okay. I have to read a submission from. Uh, I have to read a submission from one of Greg's sisters. Yes, but there are three. 
so you will not know which one. Okay. <laughs> and it involves Greg. <laughs> so me and these other people in middle school made up a whole group of guys that we hung out with, in quotes. We told people that they lived by our grandma's house, so they obviously went to a different school. We, we made MySpace profiles for all of them. We were named, they were named Joey Bender, Chase Olbap, and then the guy, and then the guy I liked was a white guy named Shaquille because the computer we had at the time was in Greg's room and he had a Shaquille O'Neal statue in his bedroom. So it's like when somebody said, you're like, uh, his name's Lamp Curtain. You just like, look at something. We used photos from Google for their profile pictures. And one of the mean girls from our school commented on the picture and said, this is from Seventeen Magazine. But we just deleted the comment because it was for a magazine. But we then realized we needed to take our own photos of the guys. So we took turns using Greg's clothes and Halloween costume wigs to dress up like each other's boyfriends and take pictures of them. And I said, how have I not heard that story? She said, because we've literally told no one. <laughs> Okay, wait. So were, were the girls doing it together, or the, like the sisters, or was this one of the sisters and her friend? So group? this is two of the sisters okay, and okay, okay, their yeah, friend gotcha. doing this to make it look like they hung out with these boys. She found their MySpace <laughs> profiles, and she says you can't see much, but his URL is his fake initials, and then her sister's initials, and then the board because they were obviously skateboarders. The profile pictures are stock photos. Thank God we lived in the days before her first Google image search. I'll show you. I'll show you. This is literally a guy coming. It's like clear. It's this is not a photo a seventh grader would take in the nineties. It's like a. St- <laughs> it's like I think it's Tony Hawk. It's like a stock photo of a guy going up a half pipe, and it's like a beautiful sunset photo. Oh my God. But like, oh, that's so funny. But like, guys, we're all insane. This oh, is right. bizarre exactly. behavior. Exactly. I went to a Catholic school in the late 90s, so no social media, but we did have AOL. Uh, but the story has nothing to do with that. Back to Catholic school. We wore uniforms, plaid, wool-type things. All the girls wore boxers underneath. And because it was the 90s, I remember a lot of people wore Winnie the Pooh and other cartoon characters on their boxers. There were two floors, so depending on your schedule, you'd have to go up and down. Sorry, we just... <laughs> we just opened Prosecco. Effervescence while you record. It's tough stuff. Um... Uh, there were two floors depending on your schedule you'd have to go up and down the stairs because we were too cons- we were too concerned about modesty when walking upstairs I remember the girls always holding up their skirts so no one would l- look up I-, I do that too to this yeah. day you know when you would see the same people every day between each class and my crush the super cute but kind of awkward QB of the football team would always walk either in front or behind me on the way to one class and we would travel from downstairs to upstairs on days where he ended up behind me and I didn't have to have a bear with his head <laughs> On days where he ended up behind me and I didn't have a bear with his head in honey pot all over my boxers. <laughs> I did not hold my skirt. Who knows if he ever looked because if he ever talked because he never talked to me. And then my friend was in yearbook the time he had we had actual pictures and she took his senior picture from the spread and gave it to me. <laughs> it would be embarrassing if anybody found it, but who knows what happened to it. Wait, so you you deliberately would expose yourself when you didn't have Winnie the Pooh boxers and your friend stole his photo from yearbook. <laughs> amazing (laughs) a girlfriend and i both made fake aim handles when we got upset at our not boyfriend so we could somehow let them know we were upset the discreet names were pissed off four five six and pissed off seven eight nine (laughs) you think they didn't know that was you (laughs) it's hilarious the school year was 2003 to 2004 sophomore year of high school 
Classic tale. I like boy. He doesn't doesn't like me back. We had history class together, so on history days, I would basically wear the same outfit each time, which is so cringeworthy. I had one pair of flare jeans that didn't have back pockets, so my ass looked great. <laughs> and I would match it with one of my designer tops from Abercrombie Hollister or American Eagle, as opposed to the Kohl's brands. I would find any excuse to walk around the classroom. I had an extreme amount of garbage to throw away, pencils to sharpen, walk to the teachers to ask for a question, etc. I did this too. Finally, at the end of the school year, he pulled me aside and said, I know what you're doing when you wear those pants and walk around. No. Oh, that's so embarrassing. Oh, my God. Which was both humiliating and completely satisfying at the same time. He sort of looked like a broke skater, Chuck Bass. (laughs) (laughs) What's hilarious is that fast forward to 2012, he slid into my DMs to ask me out, but I just started dating someone and had to turn him down. Oh, wow. That's full circle, though. I'd like to know if anybody's middle or high school heartbreak major crush is doing anything with their lives. Also, I'd like to know if anyone's crush that like you were like quote obsessed with or in love with has circled back to you and like you've gone out with them since like what you think. Oh yeah. Right. You like, know, like what you main character dream of in your head, it, but like it does if not it's live the same. up. Like what was, there was an episode of friends where either Monica or Rachel went out with someone that they had a crush on. In it high was school. Monica as part of the now deeply problematic Monica in high school. Oh yeah. Right. And she went out with him and she was like, he's so boring. He like, he still like worked at the video store, lived in his parents' basement. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. So I would be curious if anyone's ever. So if anyone's gone ever out. been on, uh, known anyone that's been on misconnections or if anybody's yes. ever gone out with their, like somebody they were in love with in their youth. Yeah. Whether they did or did not live up to your expectations, please email podcast at be there in five.com. What? I did. I just remembered that. Are you comfortable telling this story? No. Just when you think this best had passed, you went and saved the best for last? (laughs) Yeah, I'm really fascinated by that concept. And I had a guy who I loved in my French class, and I had a pair of no back pocket LEIs with a fabric stripe down the side. You had a fabric stripe down the side that was blue and white. Like a racing stripe. But I remember that year I was so upset because I think I was sick or something on the day when we picked our French names. And yeah, I feel like I remember there, there's a reason I know this story. And like, it's a, it's a a beautiful name. It's a French name, but again, problematic in my head in seventh grade, I thought this was bad. My name was Fatima, but it was like F A T. Yeah. 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 And you know, your body conscious at the time. Right. And I remember people like laughing at the name whenever like she would say it and it was so embarrassing. And I was just trying to like tote around my denim girl. Totally. Talk, Tote that talk about Paris Blues. <laughs> you do crack yourself up. I feel like I'm trying to remember. I think my French name was like Fontina after the cheese. It was, which sounds like Fatima. Yeah, which is funny because they were very similar. My Spanish name was Esperanza Mercedes. That I remember very well. And your well. screen name was Calamos. And my screen name was Calamos. So Esperanza Mercedes, you, this is helpful to put into frame is so H- Hilaria Baldwin is if Kelly kept up Esperanza yes. Mercedes for her entire life just because she liked Sp- Spanish class, Spain, yeah. the culture. Yeah. Like the fact that she is just- white, white, white is so crazy. Apparently we identify with cultures to make ourselves more interesting, even though the other cultures are often marginalized for that very thing. It's, it's fascinating that it went on for so long. <sighs> okay. So this is a full circle life moment I had about impressing your crush. When I was really young, I would practice cartwheels in PE at a rec center, in my yard, at youth group, et cetera. Me too. And I still do them. Uh, I told, I was at a photo shoot recently and I said, do you want me to do a cartwheel? And she didn't respond and I did one anyway. 
You did. And that, isn't that when your <laughs> my, keys or phone flew out? My uh, my lipstick, but it's my favorite lipstick named Flame of the Game by you uh, ran a little after brand that called lipstick. Wet and Wild. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I appreciate the fact that you haven't let fame get to your head. You still shop at the local pharmacy for all of your best lip color needs. I should have a rival makeup brand called Dry and Tame. <laughs> That's more my vibe. <laughs> oh, I would do flips and round-offs and cross my fingers that my 12-year-old crush would see me and fall in love with me. Oh, of course yeah. he would. You're uh, a regular Dominique Mochiano. Yeah. I'm a junior in college now. I love learning I have young listeners. I know. I'm glad you relate to me. Because I, I worry I'm like dry and tame. <laughs> <laughs> but some of your stories are wet and wild. Uh, recently, my student government team went on a team bonding trip to a local trampoline park. I have a small crush on one of my fellow student government teammates, and I caught myself doing flips and roundoffs on the trampoline, <laughs> hoping he would see me out of the corner of his eye, and you guessed it, fall in love with me. Circle of life. And it moves us all through despair and hope, <laughs> through faith and all. love. Oh, Honestly, so I relate to that. I like get that. It's right. like when your talents have a chance to shine, yeah. you're going to take advantage. Um, I apologize in advance if this is poorly written. This was back in college and I'm an engineer, not a writer. Girl, don't care. In 2013, I had been casually seeing a guy in my friend group, sort of a friends with benefits thing. We had a falling out, probably my fault, I don't remember, but we still saw each other a lot due to all of our mutual friends. Every chance he got, he'd start flirting with the other girls in front of me since we were so casual. <laughs> oh, my phone's so about to die. I mean, my computer. Let me just plug it in. Oh, no. I seethed, ultimately did nothing until we were both invited to a mutual friend's birthday party. He had made it very public that he was bringing a date. Another girl in my major. I thought, I'll show him. I'm going to look so hot at that party that he'll drop her for me. Of course, that's what we all think. <laughs> like all the time. Even Charlotte knows it's a ruse, but we're just like tube top. Like, obviously, we're making out in a corner. Duh. FOMO. Um, With the shirts that, like, would fold into your purse. Remember the crinkly shirts? Oh, yeah. That it, and then it became a, like, it, then you would expand to a tube top. All oh, the yeah. Rage. All the rage. The, when my friend Alessandra was wearing a very similar shirt to her, like, you know, big time consulting job. And her coworker came up to her and earnestly said, I love your top. Did you get that at Walgreens? <laughs> She wasn't kidding. And then obviously we went to the Walgreens and there was a very similar. That is. Because she wasn't, she was doing a Banana Republic shirt that had that material. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but Walgreens was for some reason in the like 2010 selling those tiny shirts. Oh, That's yeah. Awesome. I got incredibly, wait. Oh, Okay. I scoured the internet for a cheap dress that was guaranteed to make him swoon. I landed on a faux leather option with suspender-like straps. Definitely not my style. I spent the entire night strutting in my tight dress while he stayed focused on his date. I got incredibly drunk and upset, but managed to make my way back to the house he shared with our friends. Mind you, I don't live there, and he had brought her back for the night. I stayed up as late as I could with our other friends until they went upstairs for the night. I slept on their couch, hoping he would come downstairs in the morning and realize he had made a mistake in your leather... <laughs> Unfortunately, instead, I got to hear him in his date whisper about how desperate and pathetic I was while oh, he walked her no. out of the house that oh. morning. She included a picture, Cal. You, oh. you look oh, beautiful. Oh, my heart goes out. I know. You really do. You look beautiful. And like you could have been in like, you know, the Christina Aguilera fighter video and she dressed as a moth. It's a very specific You were in plum tights. That's all. Oh. I feel for you. For the record, you look amazing. Yeah. And also, I... 
the part to me that just is so relatable is um, the you go to a party with the best of intentions of main charactering of show, showing him what he's missing and you get so drunk and inevitably get upset because you are upset. And that's what I always did. Yep. A fun, breezy night would turn into me like, you know, crying in a bathroom stall <laughs> and causing like all of my friends to have to comfort me when you, that's not what you want. No, furthest thing from it. But you can't stop crying because when you drink Everclear from Analgene... <laughs> Or in my Mixed case, Crystal Light, my watermelon. They would turn Everclear. candles of Everclear oh, yeah. upside down in fruits. Oh yeah. In middle school, I made a fake MSN Messenger account, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a name I thought was like hot when I was younger. It's it's a nice name, you but it's like it? Chad from The Bachelor. Exactly. That now it does OnlyFans. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Oh, funny. You know who also has an OnlyFans is um Karini, Karini <laughs> like Paul and Karini from Ninety Day Fiance. And she, um, you, if you want to watch a video for birthing her child, uh, what everyone goes to OnlyFans <laughs> for, uh, you can for the low, low price of $8. I mean, you know, if I'm sitting here thinking, how do I want to spend $8 today? I probably would be like, let me log on to OnlyFans. Yeah. Oh. Let me watch the birth of a child. I am that, is, that is money well spent. Canceling my Disney Plus <laughs> subscription. <laughs> Gotta get that seven ninety nine. I'm I'm shocked by this information. Adrian Cooper told us that thanks to her for burning that in my brain um, forever. Because I didn't know people used OnlyFans for non sexy stuff, and I guess right. I'm not one to judge your you know fetish or kink if you're into that. But I to be a fly on the wall at the conversation about price point, like okay, gang, we have this video, me crowning. What do you think? What uh, for, for the price of a much. cup of coffee specifically of. Venti Frappuccino for an extra shot of ristretto. I, That's exactly what that would that, <laughs> Okay. So she added a fake MSN messenger account and chat at a sleepover. She added her crushes to Chad's account and started to chat with her crushes from this fake account pretending he met her on a ski trip, telling them how attractive and cool he thought I was and how lucky they were that they could live close by and date me. Oh, no. No. That, I, but here's oh. the problem. I need I need follow up. This is what yeah. Kelly and I were like wishing sometimes we could get people's phone numbers and just like call them out of nowhere. And I just I want to call people and be like, hey, it's Kate and see if they know who it is. And so then if ask you write into questions. podcast to be there in five and you don't mind being called, please include your yeah. phone number. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I promise I won't like send you text updates. Maybe. Are you going to send them how it sucks to be single on Valentine's exactly, Day? Precisely. <laughs> it takes place in 2008. It includes keywords and phrases such as MySpace, John Tucker, and low-rise jeans. <laughs> I never dated much in high school, but I had a fling with a boy named Sam when I was 16, meaning I was passionately in love and he was unresponsive, <laughs> unemotionally unavailable, and residing in another city. <laughs> we met at a college prep summer camp in North Carolina, and it turned out we lived two hours apart in Florida. We messaged on MySpace for around 10 months and met up twice. Oh, this is dangerous. I finally asked him over MySpace something to the effect of, what are we doing here? Is this a relationship? And then he obviously goes to me. Months oh. later, I got a message on my brand new Facebook account from a girl I'd never heard of, Melissa. Of course, her name is Melissa. The popular girl in my grade was named Melissa. Uh, she asked me if I dated Sam. I said, depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know that's funny. <laughs> that's a quippy response. <laughs> she proceeded to tell me that she'd been that he'd been super into me but was traumatized from a previous relationship and couldn't commit. And also he had been in a long distance MySpace non-relationship with her and an overlapped with mine. She'd also gotten her heart broken and found out about me. I think that was him. Cause why would a girl 
who you were the rival tell you that he was super into you. Oh, ooh, so that because that's that statement says, uh, it affirms that he was into you, but he was traumatized by a relationship, so he couldn't commit to like get himself off the hook, and also makes you jealous by telling you about an overlap relationship. Yeah, that's a Venn diagram that seems self serving. <laughs> We got to talking commiserating. And long story short, we decided my mom would drive me two to three hours to meet her. Oh my God, this is real. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh no. Oh my God. We proceeded to do our best hair, fashion, and makeup and stage a John Tucker must die photo shoot. My mom took the photos. We posted them on Facebook, tagged the boy in them, and captioned them with the lines he had used on both of us. Ah! Wait, is that the. Is this. You remember yeah. John Tucker must die. They all dated Jesse Metcalf and then sa- sabotaged him. It was like Ashanti, Sophia Bush. I'm I'm pretty sure that is not a real photo from a film. John Tucker must die with the lower back tattoo. I think they photoshopped that. That is Sam and I both somehow ended up at the same college in a class of in a college of 50,000 students. We ran into each other constantly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy. I had class in the same lecture hall right after he did. We passed each other three times a week. Around three quarters of the way through the semester, the squirmy Pisces boy chased me down and gave me a heartfelt apology how I didn't deserve how he treated me. She signed it her name, Esquire, age 30. <laughs> proud of you for your law degree. That Proud of you for your gumption. That the, is so funny. She sent a photo of the two girls and they're both wearing, one's wearing plaid shorts and a polo and she's wearing low rise flare jeans and a polo. I believe I see a pop collar. It's so good. It's so good. Guys. Oh yeah. Okay. When I say pop culture matters, (laughs) what I mean is we watch and absorb things our whole lives that we made normal. The fact that you thought you should do a JTMD to resolve this situation. Oh, a John Tucker must die is, is, hilarious and your mom took photos no i love that the mom took photos that is amazing while you're pulling up the next story i have a similar story so a few years ago i was dating someone and then we were dating gosh eight or nine months and out of the blue i get a facebook message from a girl who is there to tell me that she also is dating this person so I am devastated. She is devastated. We both realize we're going to the Jason Aldean concert that night <laughs> in Cincinnati, like That's in another right. city. And we met up and took pictures and sent them and then to him. He blocked us. So then we sent him to his friend just to make sure that he knew that we knew. Like, mm-hmm. and, again, and this was not that long ago, but it was it one really of those. wasn't. I was rooting you on. This was like, I was what, 30 three or 34, maybe 35. I don't remember now, but um, it just is funny because we just felt compelled to do that. And that's all we did with it. We didn't ever do anything. I mean, the girl and I still talk. Do you? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's just funny how, of course you still talk. (laughs) Kelly keeps in touch with people she met in passing in middle school, which is what I love about her. But I love that additionally, you're in touch with the girl some guy was cheating on you oh, with. Oh, yeah. Like, when she started dating, dating her now, like, I think fiancé, she, like, wanted me to meet him. Like, you know, because she, she's like, do you, like, right. just make sure, do you see any red flags? Like, do you know, it was oh, one have of you those. slept with him? Like, what's your vibe? <laughs> because the. so, but it's just, yeah. You guys, but so, but you guys triangulated and reached out to the third girl he was sleeping with. I did not. Oh, she did. She did. I actually wanted nothing to do with that because I just, 
it, it was helpful to know that he was scum by knowing that other girl existed right. and you guys made a right who knew you get a friendship out of it so she and this other girl his new girlfriend the new girlfriend um yeah they actually met up and like the, the new girlfriend swore this girl to secrecy like don't tell this guy that we're doing but she this woman has she three like, young kids right? i thought she like gaslit her at first remember well, at first yes oh but they i didn't even know they met up oh yeah and then ev- down the line they eventually met up and i have i can't even remember that other girl's name now so i can't look up to see if they're still together but i remember her being like you're you got like you're crazy you're desperate he, like oh, you're she lying. was so mean, yeah. And I, it was like he was behind her, right? You can kind of tell. Oh, you could totally tell he was writing it. And then a few months in, I think she they started to see up. the red flags. They <sighs> met up. Of course, when you yeah. need somebody. Exactly. But also, I think most women, your instinct is to believe inside with other women. Yeah. But the guy can get in your head. Oh, yeah. Because I don't really think people just want to start stuff. Like, who want, I mean, well, actually reading these stories, maybe they do. Yeah. <laughs> I literally bought the replica hoodie from the Pussycat Dolls Don't You video award. <laughs> yes. Can, can, can you send a picture? Unironically in college. I know what you're talking about because the hood. Oh, yeah. Had like PCD on yeah. it. Back then, my body was more cardboard box than Pussycat Dolls. So I was, <laughs> it was a lot of confidence and a whole lot of look. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I liked a guy in college and I was mad he wasn't calling and he was hanging out with other people. I wanted to make him jealous. So I went to a restaurant that we had been that we had talked about going to together. He had never been before and specifically said he wanted to go with me. So I went with other people and posted four pictures to Instagram of the night of we were there. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, maybe worth mentioning that said restaurant was actually just the cafeteria of a hospital near our college. <laughs> I was hoping it was at least a Carabas Italian grill. Wait, wait or even the dining hall. Legit, just an old hospital cafe that we thought was cool because it was open all night. In the second one, I was dating a different guy in college who had seemed pretty great but started not calling and blowing me off. Valentine's Day was coming up and I was pissed he wasn't taking me out. So to say screw you, I decided to go out with a random guy I met that week at work. That random guy is now my husband of six years. Aww. See, you never know. Just around the corner, ladies. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That is a story of F.U. romance that mm-hmm. works out. Mm-hmm. The best revenge is living well. Really is. I also and live well at a cafe inside a hospital. Well, that reminds me. There was this when I studied abroad, there was this guy that was in a different program in the same town that we had met. And. I was really into him and I thought he was like maybe into me, but he was like a mega Christian. And so I can obviously play that card if I need to. Oh, yeah. And obviously as a godly woman, I would lie about my faith <laughs> and be like, yes, our, our God is an awesome God. He reigns. And um, this is the same guy who later uh, I bumped into, bumped into, I put on my nicest <laughs> outfit and bumped into at a farmer's market, bought produce I was allergic to. And he Oh, and like we were like flirting and then I saw him that night at a bar and he doesn't drink because like, you know, Christian, like a good boy. And he was like super drunk, but I didn't realize it. And he asked me to hang out the next day. I was so excited. I went home. I drank water. I got ready. (laughs) I marched to the farmer's market the next day where we planned to meet. And he had blacked out, didn't remember and said, sorry, I was really drunk last night. (gasps) And um, that is not what Jay would do. Jay would have been like, yeah, after my shift, let's go get an ice cream cone. Right. 
Right. Honestly, that still makes me feel a little sad. It's just sad. Because I was sad. 21. Because you were... Oh. I was like older. Um, oh. Uh, but also, um, the reason I'm telling that story is because when we were abroad, he was like, I got to show oh, yeah. you guys this amazing affordable lunch option. And we were like, oh my God, that's amazing. He takes us to the in Switzerland to the local high school where we sneak into the school and go in the cafeteria line and get a full meal for four euros and Wait. eat at the lunch tables. This is the guy, the farmer's market guy? Yeah. He was at, on your trip? I met him there, but he also went to, oh. he was in a different program, but oh. at the same school. Oh, that's where I was confused. Okay, okay, okay. And we would go oh, to this high school cafeteria oh, and eat. That- we were like, this is a steal. Because I guess in Switzerland... Like they, Wait, before they were, you fly out tomorrow, should we run by Godwin and see if they're serving up some uh Do you some, think in this world fries? that could happen? No. Godwin had the best fries, though, best and the fries. best chicken parm. Be- you say that. I don't recall. Uh, okay, traveling nachos. <laughs> I love Gross. traveling nachos. You probably eat stromboli, too. I could eat some traveling nachos right now. I do love stromboli. Stromboli day was like they're phoning it in day. You know, don't hate met this guy on Hinge, and we dated for about a month, and then he dumped me at one of my favorite bars after I'd had a stressful day at work. So obviously I went home and got drunk with my roommate and changed one of the prompts in my Hinge profile to be about getting dumped by an asshole at my favorite bar. Since I was drunk when I changed it, I didn't realize I had done that for a couple weeks. And some guy <laughs> responded directly to the prompt and I was mortified. I immediately changed it to something more normal. That, that's, that's impressive to change your Hinge profile, like as your opening line. That is impressive. Have it's a risky game. Have you ever drunk profile updated? I haven't drunk profile updated. However, I have let friends, mm. specifically... So my girlfriends that have never been on dating apps love to get on mine just to look. The, mm-hmm. My guy friends are like, this is what guys are looking for. And they'll change my profile. And I'll be like, oh, that's funny. Thinking I'll change it back tonight. And I will forget for a couple days. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so embarrassing. Like something that they think is like seductive, but they haven't been dating exactly. for like 20 years. It, exactly. <laughs> and it makes me look like I'm this like floozy. Like It's like... But the problem, I just get, you know, especially now that I'm back in like Richmond, I'm just like, it's probably people like that I knew 20 years ago that are like, what the hell? Yeah, it's like Kelly, Virginia, cute face, little waist, and a big behind. <laughs> like a quote to from that, Baba exactly, Sparks 20 like, years to that, ago. To that effect, exactly. In sixth or seventh grade, I never kissed a boy at this point. Back in Zanga days, I talked about this guy's bed being so soft, hoping my longtime crush would see it. This kid with the bed was a grade above me and lived in my neighborhood. We've been to each other's houses, but not very often, because I was doing weird stuff like posting about his bed on Zanga. Nothing ever happened, but looking back, I'm not even sure I made it past their kitchen and living room. My crush never mentioned the betrayal I was trying to portray, but my mom ended up seeing the post and I got grounded. <gasps> his bed is so soft. That's I, that is, um, you know, God bless you. My crush's brother at a waterbed. Ooh. And this isn't because I wanted to impress somebody. I just liked it and I, and I jumped on it. And I remember my friend telling me it could pop, but I don't know if that's true. Pretty sure it is true. Can you imagine? Could you imagine? That is not the but type also, of getting wet they- that I <laughs> So remember back in the 80s, waterbeds were all the rage. I actually remember friends' parents having waterbeds. Have you seen a waterbed advertised at all in the last two decades? I think there's like a problem with them, like their their flammability or their pop. There's There's something, yeah. Otherwise, why wouldn't people have them? 
mom just texted to check in on how your flight was. I don't think she saw that you called. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Tell her I called her and that I'm leaving tomorrow. Recording. But yeah, you could text her while I'm talking. Just so she knows. She'll probably worry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> My best friend and I did a junior lifeguard two-week camp one summer. Uh, there was a really cute boy in our group that I had a major crush on, but I'm pretty sure he didn't know my name. I found a toe ring in the locker room and wore it on my ring finger to get him to notice and be jealous another guy was into me. I was 12. What did I think? You think I was engaged? <laughs> you would think I was engaged. That's I guarantee awesome. you it was a toe ring that you could pull apart because it was two swirlies that kind of formed in like a figure eight oh, on the front. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Uh... I feel like there were several times in my life I tried to make my friends jealous. In 2007, I moved abroad with my family in high school. I had a chance to reinvent myself. <laughs> I always wanted to rebrand, and I did the first time I moved away, which was after college. Yep, I rebranded. The first few months were hard, but I had to show my friends at home I was having so much fun internationally with my new super cool international friends. On Facebook, there used to be a quote section. Oh, yes. Wait, I'm trying to remember. Yep, it was like the about me it was like age, relationship, status, location, quote. I do not remember that. Oh, yeah, and funny. You're like, Some women oh, aren't meant to be quotes. tamed. Oh. They must wait to find someone just as wild to run with. On my quest to prove to my friends at home that I was making so many friends, I added the most random quote said by random names. So friends at home thought I was cool and already deep in level 10 friendship with new friends and friends of my new school thought I was funny and popular. There were quotes like... <laughs> And she kept the cheese. Hyphen Abby. <laughs> I didn't know an Abby. <laughs> I'm sure no one cared or even read it, but I was so determined to craft a new personality in a new country with, and help from newly joined Facebook, which had really given me an opportunity to reinvent myself. Oh, oh. my God. It, that's what I mean. Inside jokes. That's awesome. All the rage. To make my crush jealous, when I was in junior high, I would text him out of the blue about these awesome and very vague plans I had and pretend that the text was supposed to go to someone else. He actually called me on it once or twice. It was I was the queen of subtlety. I was not the queen of subtlety. <laughs> Example, no one. No one at all. Not a soul. Me. <laughs> oh, sorry. That sounds like fun, but I actually already have plans tonight. Zach, question mark. Oh, sorry. Wrong number. That was supposed to go to my friend Alex. Zach, then why did it go to me? Our names are at the opposite ends of the alphabet, so we can't be close together in your contacts. Zach is shrewd. Zach is shrewd. Oh my God, from A to Z. After reading too many girl gets her man because he realizes he loves her after she almost dies books. <laughs> like walk to remember or like uh, fault in our stars. I genuinely, I love sick lit. I genuinely love that I could strike up conversations with my crushes by gently coughing or cutely sneezing. I remember sitting behind my crush at school and gently coughing every five minutes. It felt like a success because he turned around and said, oh my gosh, are you feeling okay? That's how I knew we were in love. <laughs> Very Munchausen's. During musical theater rehearsals, when other people were working on scenes, I would listen to sad music on my iPod Nano and stare pensively into the distance. Have I got a playlist for you? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I constantly updated my social media with pensive thoughts. I can literally track my previous love interest based on the cryptic Facebook status yes. updates on this day. Reminders. I read back through so many and I chose some highlights. Yes. Laugh as much as you choose, but will you? But you will not laugh me out of my opinion. Pride and prejudice. <gasps> 
context. I had an argument on and with an on and off boyfriend. I wanted to really show how he's absolutely not like other girls. I could quote a more obscure quote from P and P. Obviously, I mean, how could my brilliance and worldliness not be on display through this thoughtful quote? I have no regrets looking back on it. I just wish I had said it to my ex boyfriend's smug face. I don't get the quote. Laugh as much as you choose, but you will not laugh me out of my opinion. Oh, like, I guess like was he being dismissive of? I guess so. Did you say it with the Kira Knightley underbite? Um, the next one is in brackets, but double brackets. I think I'm falling for you, which I believe is Colby Calais. Um, the next one is I've been there. Yeah, I know how it feels. To, I've been there. Yeah, I know how it feels to wonder if love is even real. Don't worry now. Don't worry now. It's going to be okay. Guy told me that he didn't want to date me. And obviously 15 year old me thought I would never find love again. What is that quote from <laughs> that? Okay. What's funny about these two is as I'm reading them, I can't hear them in the song tune. Like everybody else who is reading your stuff uh-huh. has no idea what you're talking uh-huh. about. Yeah. Cause like I've been there. Yeah. I know how it feels to wonder if love is even real. Like what, <laughs> what is that from? We can type I'm it sure in. people are screaming at me. Last but not least, we have the favorite way to kill time of uh, Courtney, manager of Be There and Vibe podcast, to the point where she has to actively tell me she has paused to answer my inquiries. We both downloaded it when we started, when she booked this, and then we didn't know we would be hooked to this. It is called Best Fiends, Not Friends. It's a, it's a casual game. It's not for gamers. It's just for fun. And the goal is entertainment. It's a match three style game. And there's literally thousands of levels to play and a ton of cute characters to connect. And it's kind of nice because I will finish something if I start it and then be disappointed when it's over. But if you never get tired of solving puzzles, the good news is the fun will never end with Best Fiends because they keep adding new stuff all the time. I, you know, Courtney has blamed me for becoming obsessed. I play all the time when I'm watching TV, when I'm waiting for things, when I kind of need to kill time but still want to be entertained. It's nice because it's it's not too hard or for like intense gamers. It's kind of calming, if I'm honest, uh, and entertaining all the same. I mean, you don't have to listen to me. It has five stars in the App Store and like a hundred million downloads and people are obsessed with this game and you will be too and i really do think it's fun and i've been playing a lot while watching tv because i can't watch tv anymore amidst this pandemic like i just want to be outside but if i can't be outside i'm gonna at least be playing a fun game while i'm watching office reruns for the thousandth time but anyway if you want to be endlessly entertained and slightly obsessed download best fiends free today on the apple app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends the summer between senior year of high school and freshman year of college, I had a fling with my prom date. Uh, looking back, it was supposed to be casual. And I have an expiration date, but my 18-year-old self, who fancied herself a rom-com main character, had visions of it being it and us being M-F-E-O. Mother effing engaged orbit. <laughs> I have no M- idea. Married first, engaged originally. Manic female energy otherwise what would that be what it's mad mad friends engaged otherwise (laughs) more fun every other (laughs) might find each other might find each other close what made for each other (laughs) (laughs) you're so on track it's not manic female energized otherwise (laughs) when he got to college He's on the East Coast. I'm in the Midwest. I would see him tagged in Facebook pictures and girls writing on his wall. And of course, I got irrationally jealous. So what did I do? I had my new guy friend from the floor up who was gay start to take dozens of flirty photos of me and put them on Facebook (laughs) called College Nights with captions like, can't you feel my heartbeat fast? I want this to last. (laughs) 
That is from, I do know that one. That is from Cascada's Every Time We Touch. Can't you feel my heart beat fast? I want this to last. So I think that's more on brand than save the best for last. Totally. Totally. Um, when I was in elementary school, the Spice Girls were huge. <laughs> I told everybody that Baby Spice was my cousin. <laughs> I distinctly remember thinking that cousins weren't as easily traceable, <laughs> so people would be more likely to believe me. It never occurred to me that they were from a different country. <laughs> You're like, yeah, my real last name is Button, but my parents changed it so people wouldn't know I'm related to Emma Button. Kiss my ex's brother at a party where I knew he would see us from across the room. Ooh, Ooh. short and sweet. One time in college, a guy I was dating goes to me. Naturally, being a college freshman and with limited dating experience, I told my mom. She decided to help the matter by writing on my Facebook wall, Kelsey, Zach called tonight looking for you. <laughs> then texting me, there's no Zach. No, no, there wasn't. Not only did I not know anyone named Zach, but if I did, why would I call my home phone and talk to my mom when I was in another college in another state? <laughs> That's really sweet that her mom wanted to help her. Kelsey, Zach called tonight. <laughs> Can you... Oh man. Oh, oh, man. Honestly, she's uh what a ride or die. Appreciate that so much. Oh yeah, you put all your friends' initials on your aim profile. Oh yeah. When you're when you want somebody to know you're mad at them and you like leave them out. That's brutal. That's that brutal. That's brutal. I don't think I ever did that. <laughs> this person also would uh wear her flyest jeans, glitteriest clips, shirt with the most obvious logo, and walk across the room to sharpen her pencil, throw out the trash, oh. and go to the bathroom at least five times. Oh yeah. You guys know I would take my contact out. Oh, that's right. Because if you had a fire outfit on and you had not seen your crush and you're approaching six period and you have a teacher that has a strict bathroom law, which now is problematic and I don't think they can do, but some teachers would not let you get up. Ever, ever. But you know what you can't compromise? Someone's eyesight. I couldn't see the board. It was affecting my academics. I bought a Sum 41 CD and tried to learn to skateboard. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Faking hobbies and interests was, I faked so Rampant. many, the, my musical interests were always faked. Uh, like, especially with jam bands, like Fish. <laughs> Created a fake Facebook and sent myself one of those gifts you could send in 2007 version to make my friend jealous that a boy I knew from swimming sent it to me. Do you guys remember that? It was like sending people emojis. Like what weird digital currency. Rename my brother in my phone and had him text me a bunch of times all night, making my ex think it was another guy classic. Use my crush's junior high football number as part of my screen name. Kelly did the same. Right? Yep. I made my dad be a photographer for a bikini beach photo shoot that I came up with. The pictures were just as cringy as the fact that my poor father was on a beach taking photos of a 13-year-old. Oh, my God. <laughs> Your poor dad. Poor dad. <laughs> Trying oh to be gosh. supportive. Oh, my gosh. Um... I acted like I watched and loved WWE wrestling and that Stone Cold Steve Austin was my favorite. Isn't it so funny though? I feel like for the mo girls will often alter their interests to try and impress someone. But like how often do guys alter their interests? Never. Right. That's a great point. Like when I first met Greg, we would flirt via text about The Bachelor. And I think he that he watched it maybe as something to talk to me about because it was on the Wings yeah. of Love season. Oh, Jake. And I obviously trying to impress Greg. Like, of course, I'm going to um, 
gloat that Rosalind's from my town. Obviously. She was the character that got um, kicked off Jake Pavelka's season for having an inappropriate relationship with a staffer. Yeah. They kept saying staffer. I know. Wasn't it a producer or cameraman? She used to hang out at Kona at happy hour when I was there. Yeah. She's from Richmond, Virginia and goes to the American Family and Shore Pump Mm -hmm. if you want to see her. (laughs) Oh, this person pretended to love the band Fish too. See jam bands. Did they have a wall tapestry? A Dillard's dressing room photo shoot for MySpace and clothes we couldn't afford. Oh my God, so you put them on in the dressing room. Bless your hearts. I got a revenge piercing to get back on an ex who cheated on me and was fine with my subsequent partners discussing my piercing to, you know, make sure it get back to my yeah, make sure it got back to my ex. That's funny. Um after I got broken up with at that Arby's and went on a grapefruit diet, I also got a cartilage piercing and Did learned you? to play guitar. I remember the guitar. I really face. showed him what he's missing. Yeah. What's he up to now? Did you talk about that? Do you um, know? Lives here, has in, a uh, wife and kids, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people still are in touch with him. That <laughs> I know. That was a, that's funny. Uh, but just like Taylor Swift said, if you don't want me to write songs about you, uh, don't d- mess with me. Totally, totally. I'm shining like fireworks <laughs> over the over sad the bustling sad town. town. <laughs> I pretended to have a British accent. <laughs> No. Oh my God. Somebody said, okay, Hilaria. Uh, <laughs> I sat on some boy's lap. Oh my God. Ew. During lunch in high school and started dating him only to then get my heart broken by lap boy a year later. And I made a puffy pink crop top of another boy's jersey number and wore it to homecoming after he asked me to dance. But I said no because I was a senior and wanted to go with friends. And then he iced me out for rejecting him. I made a different puffy pink crop top for a different guy. <laughs> Got manipulated by my crush one too many times, so I dated a sibling for like one and a half years. It worked. <laughs> oh my God, that's a long con. That is. Girl, you're the best for recording with me. Thank you so much. Thank you for mm. opening your heart and mind and sharing some of your stories. No, I appreciate you inviting me on here. Um, what this did, as I mentioned, is it really brought me back because every time someone would share a story, I like think of something similar. But I think the funny thing about that is that um, others probably feel the same. Like you just hear something and it reminds you of something like silly or dumb that you did. And it just goes to show, you know, we were all teens once. Some of us 20s, some of us 30s. And that's okay. Oh, I I think that it's a funny indication of how we probably saw people on like TV or movies Mm -hmm. doing similar like all move everything's about hijinks look at how lose a guy in 10 days like i'm gonna pretend like oh yeah i like you and then i actually everything was about kind of pulling a fast one on someone and that was like sassy and cute and it's just so it, everybody has to learn that that does not work in real life the hard way right but you right you have to learn it like you have to experience it right it is it is funny when you think about like because i even now not super recently but when i've had stuff happen i'll think through like like old me would have done this or done, you know, and now oh, it just yeah. doesn't matter. It's just, but it is so funny because in the moment you feel so compelled to do something crazy or, or like, just like I would, you know how you can tell when someone's looking at you? Yeah. But like, are they? Right. I, you can like blurrily see in the corner of your eye while you're amidst a power hour, some guy looking yes. at you. And so you, well, you already laugh hard as a person. I don't laugh out loud, loud See, that much. I laugh non. That's the problem. I I, I over laugh. And 
but that's you normally. So it wouldn't right. be that weird if you did it in front yeah. of your crush. I'm kind of mild, like mild mannered. And I don't like, I'm, I kind of huh, like, I, I don't laugh out. Does that make sense? No, you laugh like intern, like clever. Like it's like how you yes. come across, like you're very clever. And sometimes some of your jokes take a second for people Do to ever <laughs> talk about be there in five <laughs> for people to get. And I think that's maybe sometimes how you internalize stuff too. Like you, it's more like internal yes. versus laugh out loud. Whereas I'm yeah. Laugh out loud. Yes. But you're right. It's just, it is funny how some of the things that you are drawn to do or just from things that you've seen on TV or that your friends do. And I'm glad, again, just to know that all the other Beths out there are just like us. I, I, I would give anything to have access to my uh, archive of away messages and stuff that are just so transparent. And it really was educational reading uh, song lyrics out of context because that just goes to show you how they do not oh. come across. So and when I said, you see her confidence is tragic, but her intuition <laughs> magic, the shape of her body is unusual. Kelly, such a strange thing. It is. That's, do you know what song that's it. from? Um, yeah, but she I only can't. drinks coffee at midnight yeah, yeah. when the moment is not right. And I can't think of who sings it. Oh, uh, dashboard is it dashboard? Mm -mm. No. It's a band that has so many hit songs. Yet I don't know a single person that would openly say they're a fan of this band because it's just a little embarrassing. That's a mode of transportation. Oh, train. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what it's called and why I identify with it? <laughs> no. What's the song? <laughs> Meet Virginia. Meet Virginia. That's a good. Where she wants. Let's let's go play it. Maybe that should be your outro. I do drink coffee at midnight. Um. So I encourage anyone out there who's in college or is using any sort of away type message or I don't know what people do these days. Please screenshot it. Save it for yourself for twenty years from now because you will want to see what like what seems traumatic. You'll want to. Traumatic in a funny way, like like, a, like breakups and stuff. You'll want to be able to look back on that. Oh, yeah. And I'd argue, too, if you're acknowledging in real time that it's so cringy you want to screenshot it, maybe don't do it. <laughs> That's <the> better <laughs> advice. I'm trying to think of content for you. Send us your, send us your stuff. Oh, well. All oh, right. gosh. Well, thank you, Kelly. You're, you're a you, gem. Bro. You're a gem. And uh, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. All right. I'll do an outro later. Okay. Bye. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. You guys are awesome for sending in these stories. And there are more. I will probably end up doing another episode. I could talk about this topic for a long time. And I'm just feeling like I want to talk about light things um, these days. And uh, yeah, I hope you liked the episode as much as I did. Thanks to Kelly for joining me. Don't forget to go to onlocationlive.com slash be there in five to get your tickets for March 11th's live show, Barkhart Sports, featuring March Madness. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Be There in 5. Share with a friend. Write a review. Send me an email. Podcast at Be There in 5.com. I don't care uh, what it is, how you do it. I just love hearing from you. It's It's been interesting. Like I think that's why I loved performing and doing the live show so much when I started to um, before the pandemic because it made this all like feel real and I felt connected. And I could see people and talk to people and um, otherwise I'm just sitting here alone talking to myself. So it's, it's so nice to hear from you guys and I appreciate everything you do. Uh, I think that like, okay, I'm back. That was a fire alarm. <laughs> uh, you can hear how it's, it's only in the, it doesn't even go off of my apartment. It's in the hallway. It's kind of dull. Uh, but yeah, that was an interesting exercise for me. I just grabbed my um, computer, my wallet, my husband and I's passports, my dog, a warm outfit, 
and a box of Nerds Gummy Clusters. In a turn of events I did not see coming. <laughs> it is funny how if you live in a big building in the city, you're not always as fast to, you know, leave it as you should be because there's so many freaking false alarms and it's just, there's like 14, you know, inches of snow outside. Um, but I, I was pretty swift, but it is funny how when you make like a quick decision and you grab what you think you need, like <laughs> it just goes to show how badly I need to Marie Kondo because after the clusters and the things I just mentioned, I was like, meh, I'm good. I'm good. I'll, I'll replace the rest. We think we need so many things, but like, do we? Because when push comes to shove, I'm like, if Greg's okay, if Tugboat's okay, if I have a way to identify myself and, you know, uh, treat myself, I guess, with gummy clusters, <laughs> I'm good. Anyways, that's also not to make light of a disaster. I know so many people are suffering in Texas right now, and I know that, you know, your home, your belongings, your family being displaced or in... Uh, exposed to the elements is like so dangerous and scary and um i meant to say that earlier my god if anybody out there is in texas if and when you get a chance to listen to this i am thinking about you i love you so much i there are no words for how deeply i understand uh that it's not for uh like weakness or you know lack of preparation on the people's part it's a truly an infrastructural issue and holy crap there's a lot of stuff i didn't know about power grids prior to this and it just annoys me that i'm seeing so many memes of people like making fun of texans and it's like shut up it's it's a the places an area's pre like preparation is a function of the incident rate of the inclement weather happening and when it's incredibly geographically low the infrastructure just isn't there to to plow and to take care of things as quickly as a place like chicago i grew up in virginia and it's been interesting living here for a while because i feel more comfortable like i would feel more comfortable driving in a foot of snow in chicago than two inches in virginia just because of how uh the roads are cleaned up and salted and at what speed that they're able to get to it widely uh so anyway needless to say it's to the fault of nobody cold weather shouldn't like it's not some badge of honor if you live in a cold climate and you can handle cold well like shut up people's like pipes are bursting they don't have running water they don't have electricity people's freaking kids are cold um it's like i don't think people understand too like what is a livable comfortable temperature like if in your home, if it isn't the, the 30, even 40 degrees, like it is effing cold, like unbearably cold. And uh, it feels dangerous at a point. And um, I just know there's like a, such a, a, an alarming loss of uh, control there. And especially when there's limited resources, it's an, you know, unfamiliar, scary feeling. And I just hope everybody's okay. I'm going to put a link in the show notes um, that I got from Merritt Beck to an Instagram account that has a list of resources, shelters, places you can donate, volunteer your time, give money to, give clothes to, to help Texas. Um, a lot of my listeners, my three of my major markets are Dallas, Houston, and Austin. And um, those were my, you know, next stops after Atlanta on my tour that got canceled last year. So I always wish I could have come out and meet you guys because Texas is important to me. I love you and hang in there and uh, please people stop making fun of people. It's like so rude when people are going through a tough time. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway, you guys, what a joy it is to reminisce with you. Thank you for uh, being a part of this episode. Thank you to everybody that submitted. I hope these things make you laugh. I know they're shallow. I know they're problematic at their core, but we don't always need to get to the core. I'm allergic to a lot of pits and cores with my food allergies. So 
uh, I'm delighted to scratch the surface. <laughs> and uh, I think what's nice is reminiscing, especially like now that I'm in my 30s and a bit more self-actualized, is it makes me appreciate how far I've come. And as I mentioned earlier, Be There in Five is often about being on your way. Uh, the times when you just don't really know where you're going and have to trust the process. And I think your self-confidence and self-worth is kind of like, a, I don't know, things that sometimes I feel like I'm I'm building when I'm not looking. Um and I appreciate or realize more in retrospect when I realize my starting point, even if my midpoint doesn't seem all that different or meaningful. Uh, I think that the older we get and the more we sit in our convictions and our values and the more we focus on things that freaking matter, like our personalities and our talent and our work ethic and our families and friendships and I don't know it's like I was spending so much time trying to be somebody else in my youth that I never met myself until I was a bit older and I mean I've virtually met many of you guys and I think you're pretty damn impressive and I like you a hell of a lot and I hope listening back to this just makes you realize uh, that you like who you've become you care for and laugh at who you were uh, but at the same time what matters more is is, is who you are now and uh, what you've done most recently. And some uh, might say that you've saved the, the best version of you. You've saved the best for last. I hope, you know, I hope I do more with my career, but I hope this is one of the more prominent pit stops. I hope I saved the bests for last personally, and uh, I will be here as long as you'll have me. So have a great weekend. Everybody be safe. I will see you next week. And as always, let me know your thoughts, and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. Bye.